The following Toku podcast to contain spoilers from both past and present Tokusatsu, anime, manga, movies and other related media. If you do not wish to be spoiled we suggest turning off the podcast now. Otherwise please enjoy the show. Hello everybody, welcome to the Tokusatsu podcast, the best show about Tokusatsu you've probably never heard of. My name's AJ, that's Jay! Uh, I got put on, he, de, 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 de. I don't have a joke prepared, so, uh, that's my joke, is me fucking Do you remember that time that Miles Morales ripped off the CW Flash? Uh, which time? Because he's ripping off everybody else all the time anyways. Uh, right, uh, literally the image I saw today where he's using lightning swords. Oh, fuck off. Ugh. Did you not see that? No, I didn't see that Look, yes. look in grab bag, look at grab bag all in right, the server. Right, hold on. This is a a live unscripted reaction. (laughs) What the fuck is this dumb shit? (laughs) What the fuck? Why why do they keep ruining Spider-Man bros? Why does why does everything spider related keep sucking so much shit? Where does that come from? I don't like what the fuck? <laughs> How does he make a sword? He's a spider person. But I... he has electricity powers. Yeah, like fucking spiders have electricity powers and swords. <laughs> you know what? You know what? At least with the Flash, it's dumb as fuck. But there is some, some minuscule way it, you can make sense of that. At least with the Flash, there's always the excuse of it's the speed force who fucking cares if it makes sense? <laughs> this you the didn't rule- know radioactive spider blood makes you do this. <laughs> uh, I, hate I hate Miles. I hate comic books again. <laughs> but don't worry, we're gonna have uh, the Platinum Goblin, and it's gonna be played by Barry Osborne, and uh, and then uh, Len <laughs> Stacy. <laughs> it's gonna be revived by uh, the Greckle, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, oh, hold on, hold on, I need to copyright the Greckle. That's that's a fucking great villain name. <laughs> and then Ten Riley, it's gonna come from 2098 before <laughs> N- Nigel McGillicuddy was born. <laughs> part is that half of these could be valid spider person names and i wouldn't even know the worst part is that i probably wrote most of spider-man's next three-year run uh just right now it would probably be better than spider-man is right now honestly bunch of fucking hacks bro who's writing spider-man right now anyways uh allegedly zeb wells but everybody knows that's basically being puppeted by the editor who fucking hates spider-man for some reason what did Spider-Man do to deserve this, dude? He was popular. You know what? You're right. Fuck you, Tom Holland. It's your fault. You British prick. Fuck you, <laughs> Anyways. Fuck you J. Michael Straczynski. You ruined Spider-Man forever. No, no. He's the greatest writer of Spider-Man ever. The YouTube told me so. No, who's fucking telling you that in 2023? Uh, There was actually that one Ultimate Spider-Man video that was going around for a while. Ugh. Ultimate... He didn't even do Ultimate Spider-Man. That was Bendis. No, wait. 
Wait, no. Who is who is? Uh, it's they were talking about Straczynski. Who the fuck? What what run was that? It wasn't Ultimate. It was it. I I just remember because he was on the main book at that time. He was, was the mother. He? he was the motherfucker with with the the spider totems and the fucking Gwen Stacy getting cocked in one more day. That was all his shit. That was all him. <laughs> but but he's the greatest Spider-Man writer ever. They told me. So. <laughs> Uh, that's about things that are making me mad. You, you're, you're the you're the comic guy. You gotta tell everyone why you shit now. You have to make an entire video about why he shit. All I have to do is say one more day and fucking end the video. <laughs> no, but it wasn't his fault. It was Alfred Molina. Where the fuck is he? Yeah, it was the guy who played Doc Ock's fault. <laughs> yeah, he came into the editing room. He's like, Nah, fam, this is shit. <laughs> Rewrite it. <laughs> You know what? You'd probably to... be a better writer than half the fucking staff at Marvel right now. <laughs> uh, so we literally spent five minutes talking about stupid shit. Let's talk. Let's do it for the next hour. Uh, Jay, what are we talking? Hour about? is being very generous. Um, so we are talking about a show that I am <laughs> very, very glad we finally got to watch. Uh, Keitai Sosakan Seven. Or Keitai Investigator 7, or Cell Phone Investigator 7, or however the fuck you want to translate. Or Existential Crisis 7. Yeah, that's also valid. Um, a, ver- a very bizarre little show, just from the outs- offset. So, <coughs> the, the quick synopsis of the plot is that it focuses on a secret organization called under anchor which is an offshoot of a tech company called anchor who do uh, phone stuff i guess they never really say what the hell anchor i does. i kind of assumed that they were a robotics company because well, of, yeah but like, like they make cell phones and shit so like, uh, I'm, yeah i guess, I guess so. they're just verizon which i guess would explain you know what if yeah verizon's a valid uh i mean the, the main villain of this show I was going to say, the main villain of the show is basically just Steve Jobs. It's true. <laughs> I mean, considering how many global crises they fucking cause on a weekly basis, yeah, they probably are Verizon. Uh, anyways, true. so they are a s- technically vigilante group of... They're, they're basically the cyber police. They go out and hunt down rogue hackers... Or people who are using technology and the internet and such and such forth for the bully hunters, basically for <laughs> for villainous re- motives, which can range from anything from scamming people to mass murder to just being kind of meanies on the internet. Uh, and the plot gets kicked off when our protagonist uh, Keita Amashita, a shiftless loser nerd who's quit society in general finds himself inadvertently tied into the organization as an agent when his buffoonery causes the death of a currently established agent uh, and he takes on his position as a sort of I don't want to say payment tribute uh, he feels guilty and he takes his spot as an agent it's like it's like a debt a personal Basically, debt he, a, a debt is a good way yes uh, and the central gimmick of the show is that the anchor agents use the phone bravers, 
sentient robot telephones that can immediately wirelessly interface with any and all computer system, which they use to fight the evil hackers for justice. Um, if that sounds incoherent, that's because this show is incoherent, but it's the good kind of incoherent. So, uh, where the, where the fuck do we actually, you know what? Yeah, I... I should say this to start is that I've been dying to watch this show for fucking years now, way before even, even we start. I started on the show here is I heard about this show like 10 fucking years ago when I was like really getting into heavy tokusatsu stuff that wasn't like, again, Power Rangers shit. Basically, when I was like when I when I like at last I truly see I had that moment where I felt like I realized the 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 wide world of this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I found out about the show from, and I, I kind of feel like a fucking idiot for bringing this up. I found it out from a God Hand comic edit, uh, <laughs> which, side note, for those of you who are not familiar with those are, um, it was a series of four panel comics, largely a clone edit, you know, the usual kind of somebody makes a template and then you just fill in the rest kind of comics. Uh, based on the infamous video game God Hand, which, of course, as we all know, was critically panned, but was fucking amazing. Uh, so there was an, an infamous comic around when the game came out, which was like, oh, this game kind of looks like shit. I wonder what there is. Oh, my God, this game is fucking great. It, it just just Google God Hand edit. You'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, but somebody made an edit of that comic based on this show. And immediately <laughs> I'm like, I need to see this show. And before you ask, AJ, I looked for it. I could not find it again. I looked everywhere I could. I could not find that comic. I am so mad. <laughs> but I, I mean, have... look like you. You've been kind of uh, you've been kind of pushing this show for a while, and like we were almost going to do it once, but it was during that. I don't I don't remember why, but for some reason, I distinctly remember this show having about like fifty two episodes. I just I don't know why, but I distinctly remember it having fifty two episodes, and I was just like, "Nah, fuck that!" at the time because I think we had just done, I think we had just done Go Sage, and I was like, "I'm not in for another fucking fifty yeah, it marathon." Was, I actually I think we brought I don't know if you cut it, but I remember it was we had fucking watched something and it was fucking miserable, and I want to say it was probably around the time we did. No, I think it was a little earlier before. The Kyoryuger Go uh, Go Sager and whatever the hell came after that oh my God. of pain that we had. <laughs> but it was around that time where like we had just gotten something that was so fucking miserable, we just did not want to watch anything that long again. And then like you spun it, it was like, oh, I don't want to do this. This is long. And then you fucking spun it again, and then you did it again. I'm like, and you're like, it was like, well, do you really want to watch? You then you say the name. I'm like, yes, I want to fucking watch that. Show is great. <laughs> And then, of course, we watched, like, Gosager or something instead, and... We watched Kyoryuger and Gosager back to fucking back. <laughs> yes, we did. What and the fuck was that, bro? That was that was us fucking learning that we shouldn't jinx anything. <laughs> uh, but no. So, that just kind of sets up our journey into getting into this show. Just from, like, the outset, this show is just... It's fucking... It's a cavalcade of just the weirdest shit put together to make a production. 
every single like facet of this show on like the the higher up decision scale is just like you know this is going to be completely incomprehensible. <laughs> so to start, this is a show co-produced by Japanese toy company Wiz, uh, who, if you're not familiar, created Tamagotchis. Uh, and it is- I always thought it was kind of weird when I looked up, because I actually did look up the toys for this, which, by the way, they're actually not as expensive as they're expected. Um, no, I actually they're, did look they're up the reasonably t- priced if you can fucking find them. Oh, you can find them on eBay easy. Um, I was gonna say like it was. Yeah, I did find it kind of funny how every time I looked up the Keitai toys, Tamagotchis always came to fuck up. Mm. Always. <laughs> so, the show is co-produced by Production IG, a primarily animation studio who are basically everything they've done is, I don't want to say like high concept, but it's a lot of very surrealist multi-layered sci-fi kind of stuff like they do they just to name a few shows they've done uh they did ghost in the shell psychopaths oh my my uh, god eden of the east yeah uh the completely schizophrenic brave rydeen reboot from the mid 2000s uh and in terms of just like kind of offhand work they did the animation for was it Xeno Gears or Xeno Saga? The one on the PlayStation 1. And I forget what else. They did another game. But yeah, just naming those shows right there off the top of my head. Their their entire catalog is just completely insane shit like this. So who do they get to direct this show? Uh, but none other than infamous filmmaker Takashi Miike... Uh, who is known for a lot of, again, I don't want to say high concept, but a lot of very surreal, very... This is this is not entirely accurate, but like he's the Japanese... He's like a hybrid of Robert Rodriguez and David Lynch in terms of his movies. He, he's not like... He's not... I, I, I was going to say he's not like super high concept, but you do have to have a brainstem to know what's going exactly. on. Exactly. Like... His movies are, they're not quite super, like, surreal and artsy like David Lynch. But they're not quite nearly as, like, completely over-the-top, balls-to-the-wall action, like, insanity like Robert Rodriguez. He's like he's kind of, like, right there in the middle. So, again, just to name a few things he's done off the top of my head. Uh, of course, his most famous one, Ichi the Killer. Uh, oh, he did that movie, shit. Audition, which, if you've never seen, is fucking terrifying. Um, <laughs> he did, did a movie that. recently that was called, I think it was like Yakuza versus vampire or something, but I remember I it, heard about that. It was really big when it came out. I'm still mad. I never got to see it. And, um, for some reason he did the Ace Attorney movie, uh, which I'm not going to lie. This show has a lot of, uh, aesthetic similarities to the Ace Attorney movie. Oh, it does. Honestly, some of the, some of the... The soundtrack, I was just like, this sounds like they want to rip off Ace Attorney so bad, but they can't. Like, for those of you who have never seen the Ace Attorney movies, it is almost nothing like the games. And also, it is a perfect adaptation of the games. Because, like, (laughs) the plot and the characters and the direction are all the same. But it's, like, this bizarre, like, borderline steampunk schizo tech kind of shit where it's, like, super highly advanced technology and all this weird, like... 
borderline pseudo future stuff. It's it's insane. It is the most insane movie you'll ever see. But and then back again, like the the main screenwriter of the show is Tomo, Tomioka Atsuhiro, who is probably the lowest, like the closest to normal on this list of uh, the production team. Uh, he is a very prolific writer, but most of his stuff is stuff you have either never heard of or it's all actually, no, you've probably heard of a lot of his stuff, but like everything he's done is more or less just an adaptation of another medium. Mm. So like, er, like he's been the lead director of shows from like the uh, lead writer of shows from like, the nineties and he's still working, but like everything he's done is either like based on another IP or like an adaptation of an, uh, of a manga. Like yeah. again, off the top of my head, uh, he did the Chrono Crusade anime. Uh, he was the head writer on the Pokemon anime during diamond and Pearl and a little bit of <sighs> black and white was it black and white or X and Y one of those. No, it was but black yeah. and white. Yeah. But he was the, the head writer on Pokemon during the diamond and Pearl era, uh, which, says a lot and the closest thing he has to like an original story was that final fantasy anime from the early 2000s that like five people watched and oh are you talking about fucking uh spirits within no 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 not that one the uh the 2d one uh unlimited oh my fucking god yeah you know the the one with the dude with the magic gun and absolutely nothing else worth talking about in that show. What the fuck, dude? Oh my god, that now that right there is a that's a deep cut. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. So so you look at that kind of roster there, and you're like, this is going to be completely insane and incomprehensible, and it is. But it's the and then good you look kind. at the cast, and then you look at the cast, which is like. I guess that's probably a, a good way to segue into talking about the characters. Like almost every single major character in this show, actually almost every character in general in this show, be it a main character or like a villain of the week is a, is a tokusatsu actor you've seen in something else. Yeah. So just going through the main cast and, uh, do you want do you want me to just list through the the actors now or do you want me to do it as we get uh you know what we'll we'll do, we'll do uh we'll do it this way we'll do it how we usually do where we talk about the characters right. um but we'll talk about like who they are as well okay so immediately off the top we have our hero Keita, who is who is the kid from the uh, the main kid from Doguchan. i'm shocked he's like i i oh wow holy shit it's so fucking funny because for starters, he's way better in this show, mostly because it's a way better script and directors. Um, but also, like, he's basically playing the same character in this. Oh, dude, don't even get me started. Like, that's probably, right off the bat, that's probably one of the only things I did not like about him was the constant hyperventilating. I'm like, kid, <laughs> away from the microphone. You look, don't he, need to do this. Look, he has asthma. He can't control it. <laughs> yes, he can. He's faking it. Uh, <laughs> that is that is offensive and asthmaphobic, AJ. Good. I'm glad. It doesn't matter anyways. He kind of looks like... Uh, nowadays, he looks like the, the chin guy from Amazon's without the chin. Yeah, you're right. Right? Uh, it's but weird. I actually know that... I think he probably might be one of the only uh, actors in this show that's, like, big, big now. 
I mean, like, can... that comes to mind. Yeah, he's definitely, like, the biggest actor who isn't, again, like, a veteran tokusatsu actor. Which is good. What I mean, fuck? no, he's... Like I said, he's definitely way better in this show. Uh, one, because he's given way more time to actually, like, develop his acting. and his... Actually, was this... I think this, this was... This was before. This was before Doguchan, which is weird. But I think, uh, it... I, think, I think that just goes to show what happens when you get a good actor and you give him awful shit to do. That is true. But no, um, I did just kind of say it there. He's basically the same character initially where he's like, he's a shiftless loser who fucking lounges around and just doesn't give a shit about anything. Like, he's not a neat because he's still in high school, but like, he's, he literally the first episode is him like trying to run away to the mountains with his friend because he just doesn't fucking care about being in school or his family or getting a job or growing up or anything. That is literally the first episode of the show is the main character running away from home because he just doesn't care anymore. And it's that kind of sets up his whole character, especially like a little bit more later on, kind of. But even early on, we're like he just kind of couldn't give less of a shit, even though he wants to be here. He wants to be a part of Under Anchor. He's just like, he almost feels like it's a burden to him that he has to show up and do this stuff, even though he's del he is he's the one putting himself into these situations willingly. Mm -hmm. Like he's constantly mo like he's <sighs> moping around, not in like, uh, my life sucks, but in just like a, uh, fucking whatever, dude. Like he even the like even his like even the phone himself is just like, bro. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. God damn. Yes. Yeah, seven at multiple points has to tell him to just like suck it the fuck up, dude. Act like a f stop acting like you're a child. You're you are, getting paid. You are. You're getting paid to be here. Act like an adult. Become a, an adult already. Just Basically. just stop being a child. It, it's weird, too, because like at the start, honestly, Jay, at the start, I thought I was going to fucking hate this kid. I was like, oh, here we fucking go. Like, I thought he, it was going to be one of those shows where it's like, I hate the main character, but everyone else is good. But, like, after a while, I was just like, you know what? I, I kind of like this guy. He's he's obviously growing up, and it obviously shows very well. It's one of those subtle kind of shows where it's like, mm. his growth <laughs> comes... I know, not That's... much in the show is subtle. Not no, much in I, the show is subtle. I understand what you meant by that, yeah. But, like, um, like, by the end of the episode, or by the end of the show, it's like, I can still see parts of who he used to be, but he's definitely not the same kid we started with. And I oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, no, I really do like the, um, honestly, I kind of expected that general growth was going to happen to him. So like, I didn't have nearly as visceral as a reaction as you did at first, but at the same time, have like PTSD over Dogo-chan. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that's a good way to, uh, sort of summarize his growth is that he starts off, it's very much a coming of age thing where he he learns to he, he matures slowly throughout the show. And it's a very noticeable growth where you compare from like episode one to later on where like up until like the final arc and outside of uh, the midway point, nobody ever really addresses it or like brings it up at a point that's uh like ham fisted. Like like it's not shoving it in your face. He's see, guys, he's different. He's different. No, now. like like the show itself will show you show him growing and he'll, you can notice him, his growth and it'll be like 
six or seven episodes after that growth has kind of set in where, where somebody will comment on it in a way that I, I think moves. it's I think it's because the show is written in a way where it's just like the show's written in a way where it's like we know you're not stupid you can notice it too we don't need to tell you mm. like we don't need to t- like that's 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 something I noticed about the show a lot is that it really does feel like we don't need to tell you you can see what's happening like we don't need to explain this if you can understand what's going on and I exactly. like that. I, I like it when shows do that where like they're obviously treating it to audience that's like you're not you're you're not idiots. You know what's going on. Yeah, uh, oh absolutely. <laughs> um that's and that's kinda that kinda says the same for a lot of the cast too. With some minor exceptions here or there. Oh, cool. <laughs> not even who I was thinking about, but you're right. <laughs> the the show is very good at being weirdly subtle with the way the characters develop and the way they they grow overall in the show and i do like that i do really like that and it's noticeable too even with like the way seven uh the main cell phone braver dude i forgot their names for a second brain uh (laughs) the way his relationship grows and just his personality in general grows with kata where at the start he's very much like he's a little too robotic at points where they kind of flip flop in the earlier episodes, like how robotic he is or like how kind of developed as like an AI he is. Or like in the first episode when he's hanging out with his uh, previous partner, you kind of get the feeling that he's, he's got a bit of a personality and he's kind of got his own defined relationship. But then once he switches over to working with Kata, he just kind of becomes a robot for the first couple of episodes. You, you could argue that, and, and this is actually a thing in the show, that like because he's now with someone new and he's been with his partner for his old partner, which we'll get to. He's been with him for a while. He's he needs to get used to Kata, and it's to the point where you can even in his speech patterns, he goes from like sounding like a robot to towards the end. No, he still has that obviously, but he sounds like a person talking now, like a just a normal ass person talking. Like yeah, he's no. learned that much, and I really really like again. Not a lot in this show is subtle, and that is one of those things that's like it's so subtle you might not even notice it until someone points it out, and I really like it. Yeah, I I would definitely agree. I'm I'm more talking like it's inconsistent how much he's reset from episode to episode early on is more mm. what I mean. But that that way he grows and that his own character develops both alongside Kata and personally is really good. Like I like um. Like he, Kata finally kind of stops being a mopey little shit delinquent, and he finally starts taking his role a little more seriously. And like two or three episodes after that kind of switch happens, is finally when he's like Seven finally acknowledges him as his new partner, more or less. And then that's that's kind of how their relationship starts to develop. And I, for that part too, I like I like how Seven, for the most part, never really changes the way he acts based on the way Kata acts. Where like. They will both develop, but they won't change the way they react to better fit the other person. They still stay, relatively speaking, opposites. And I do like that as well, where, like, like none of... Like, Kata ribs off on Seven in just the right ways, where <coughs> Seven still reacts the same way he does, but he, he, he plays better with Kata's buffoonery, but not to the point where he just becomes Kata again. Yeah, actually, that, that kind of comes up to a really good point that like it comes to a point in the final arc where like gene basically missed the idea like the, like 
Magira basically missed the idea of what of Seven was to begin with. Mm. I actually kind of like that because you know Jeans basically became like just a copy of their owners. Where Seven is like, well, no, he's just a friend now. He has his own personality, his own subconscious at a certain point, and it becomes a legit little friendship. And I honestly thought their friendship was kind of adorable towards the end. I was like, you know what? I, I like these two. No, they, it, they, they make were, a good combination. Their relationship was great. It was a pretty, st- you know, I don't want to say standard, but it was your general buddy cop formula is what it was. And the, I mean, like, you can they're make, literally you can called make, buddies. Well, I mean, literally, you can make that formula work in fucking any scenario you can think of. It's, it is almost foolproof making that scenario work. And to their credit, they do it really well, and it never really feels cliche or... Like, it's been done before. Even though, for the most part, like, the standard... Well, I don't want to say a lot of the standard plots have been done before, because most of those are completely fucking bonkers, but you get what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Some Certain beats and certain character arcs within specific episodes have been done before, but they never feel like they've been done before. Yeah, it does it in a way where... You know, I guess you could say it's like making it's like making a dish everyone's made, but adding your own little flair to it, and that's what they mm. do with this with this uh, with this particular relationship. Where, yeah, we've seen this kind of relationship technically with a lot of fucking things, but they do it pretty well in this. Where you really do like their developing relationship. I mean, shit. At a certain point, they really do start saying like, "Oh, because of Keita, Seven has learned so much that he's basically become a human in, in some ways." Mm. Yeah, and that that also sets up Seven's arc in the finale. But we'll we'll say that more for once we kind of get through everybody else because the the finale is a bit of a gauntlet to go through. So should we talk about Common Rider Knight? <laughs> so let's let's talk about Ren, aka Common Rider Knight, who is just in this show completely, complete with the same actor under a different name. Bro, um, I'm not even gonna lie. I totally fucking forgot you mentioned he was in this. And when I saw him, I was like, holy fuck, what? I know, um, I don't remember if it was Knight's actor or a different Ryuki actor, but Chad brought it up when we landed on the show on the wheel and we were doing a little, like, our our little first impressions kind of thing. And, like... Oh, that was Raya. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Raya's in this show, too. So that's, uh, technically four Ryuki actors that are in this show. Uh, so... One of them is only a, a one-off, so it doesn't really count. It's true. Uh, so the sort of, uh, not necessarily Deuteragonist, because he's not really, like, he's just kind of there a lot of the times. So only a few episodes really focus on him. One Actually, the- it, it, you, just before you go into him, it Knight, I'm going to call him Knight, I'm sorry. Uh, he does bring up something that I do like about this show, and it's that, uh, characters just kind of fuck off for no reason, but it's okay in this show. Like it feels natural for them to do that for, you just don't yeah. see them for a while. I, li- I like that. I kind of do like that. Yeah. Like w- they have their own agency, you know, I don't want to say age. They have their own agency. They have their own jobs to, you know, th- th- these guys are fucking working. You know, they've got other shit they've got to do at work. So it makes sense that everybody's not hanging around with the group at the same time, you know, like, I've, you know, I've got paperwork to go file. I've got to go run errands. It's my day off. Of course, I'm not hanging around the secret base. I've got shit I got to do. Exactly. So it makes sense. Yeah. And I and I like that idea, especially with uh, Kirihara, where it's like, he's not there all the time. But when he's there, it's for some reason, the more they, they use him very sparingly. So when they use him, he actually does have mm. a point to prove with his, you know, with him being there. Except for 
the lunch episode, but that we'll get to that one. <laughs> that episode was uh that was the goofy episode. What the fuck was that? Anyways. <laughs> no, but um but yeah, and uh especially like uh there's the arc early on where he gets uh he gets put on suspension. So like even when he pops up, he's not doing anything because he's not allowed to do anything. And and that works too. And I, again, that also helps out Kata's character arc where like he he doesn't have a parachute here. He's flying solo. But uh, to actually talk about Kirihara, who is, I mean, we've already made the joke about ten times. He's literally just Common Rider Knight, complete with the same actor, and it, somehow he doesn't feel like he is literally just Knight, but he doesn't just feel like it is just I am ripping off Knight. I think it's just, I think it's the coincidence of the way his character is written. And the fact that it's the same actor is that it makes the the fact that he is basically just the same character more evident. So Kirihara <laughs> it's, it's is... even funnier because like it's even funnier because like nine times out of ten, I really did because again the way he plays him, I really did just expect him to pull out the fucking deck, and I was just like he's just gonna wreck some shit out of nowhere. <laughs> Because, <laughs> like, nine times out of ten, it, was just, it felt like I was just watching Ryuki again. He's just like, I'm just going to punch a motherfucker. <laughs> to be fair, that it. is how he solved most of his problems. Is punching this people. is true. <laughs> so, so Kirihara is, again, much like Knight. He is, he's not quite a rival, but he's he's that dickhead side hero where he's, he's the more mature one. He's got the more experience. He's been with the organization longer than Keita, obviously, who's been there for, like, a week. So there's a lot of he's kind of a mentor in the sense that he helps teach Kata when he's still a newbie and he kind of feels burdened by Kata and he kind of hates that he's around because, of course, Kata's a fucking dipshit high schooler who doesn't know anything and he's got no agency. So Kirihara has to pick up his slack. Um, but I, I really like that. It really works in this kind of lower... I don't want to say lower tier setting, but like where it's not like, uh, again, where it's not like Ryuki, where it's a fucking battle game to the death, where it's just, it's lower stakes, lower stakes. Yeah. Like like we're secret agents, basically. Like he's, he's the, the longer, he's the more grizzled veteran agent. Whereas (laughs) Kata is the fresh faced newbie. It's, it's, and you know, they're, they're trading, uh, the hunger games for just spying on pole basically. It's true. Yeah. That's basically what they do. It's pretty much. Actually, no, it'd be 2chan, I guess. It would be. What? Do they have a poll? I think they do. I'm pretty sure they do. They've got an equivalent. I'm pretty sure that's where Shinzo Abe got shot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the image board. He was shot while browsing an image board. He he probably was, honestly. He was like like posting Sage and shit, and someone just fucking got rid of him because they're like, fuck you and your trip code. <laughs> Goes in every field. Dubs, check them. <laughs> that is what the guy said when he pulled the trigger. Check these dubs. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, fucking hell. So I I do really like Kirihara. Um he's he's interesting where again, despite being literally just knight, he doesn't quite feel super derivative in that way like i already said um he doesn't have a whole lot of impact in the overall story largely because again he's just kind of like fucking off doing his own thing it really isn't until like the near end where he he they start building on his character more and that like that's how it starts influencing the greater plot like i 
again. I mean, you could argue what greater plot until like episode thirty. That's fair. Well, I mean, the first like the first half there is kind of an overarching story arc, but sorta, just a little bit more so than the second half up until the finale arc. I mean, to be, f- I mean, that's not even me saying it as a bad thing. Like this, this is one of those shows that like it has a plot when it feels like it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really need one. Yeah, uh, but. Kirahara gets this uh, mini character arc near the end where <laughs> the the way they phrase it is so fucking ridiculous, but his family was killed by the internet. Uh, which, so so that's kind of his whole thing is that uh, he he kind of hates the internet. He kind of hates technology, modern technology in a way, and the way kind of society is uh, evolving thanks to the internet. That's a big theme in the show is like, the way technology is advancing and the way we as humanity kind of deal with it and it shapes ourselves. Oh, good God. And that's kind of, again, that's like a lot of like the villain of the week type stuff is like the way the internet has fucked us up mentally. Uh, (laughs) We'll get to that. Well, we have to get to that. That's the entire final arc. Um, But Kirahara's whole thing early on is that like, he kind of fucking hates everybody who uses the internet just kind of in general. He kind of thinks it's an inherent evil uh, and they kind of don't really build on it up until near the end where they find we find out that, again, his family was killed by the Internet, uh, which they introduce and then don't elaborate on for like eight episodes until they explain that, like, a vigilante serial killer something or other killed his family and he was the only survivor. And because he couldn't do shit to stop it, he kind of got super, you know, it's it's that character arc of. Blank killed my family, so now I am an enemy of blank. My family's dead. Literally. My family is dead. I am Batman, but with I mean, cell phones. Be, I, mean, I mean, to be fair, the last time it was just his sister. Now it's his whole fucking family. <laughs> was it his sister or his girlfriend? Oh, it was his, oh that's right. It was his girlfriend. Yeah, it was, girl, yeah, it was like... It I wasn't related still, to her. It's, it's this account. I would hope not. I mean, Whoa. that wouldn't be the weirdest thing that happened in Ryuki. But. Look, look, Mori didn't write this one. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true but no, uh, anyways so that's kind of his whole arc throughout the show is that he sees the internet as kind of an inherent evil and he thinks anybody who really like uses technology is kind of like an inherent evil and i i do like that way that it kind of plays with Kada, who you know who's he's a dipshit teenager who grew up on the internet you know like <laughs> us and it's so weird when you think about it like yeah. this is 2008 and they this were was... already talking about how the generation was fucked by the internet. Oh, absolutely. It's very ahead of its time in that way. Oh, we'll, we'll, get, to, we'll get to Steve Jobs <laughs> in a minute with his fucking final boss plan with all of that bullshit. But it is, it is very weird how, like, a lot of the themes of this show, literally, you could remake the show today and it just, it just works. Oh, absolutely. All, all you'd have to do is really uh, kind of, like, update the effects in some areas and... Yeah. I mean, you'd ha- you'd probably have to change the phones from uh, being old style flip phones to like smartphones, but no, nah, I mean this is Japan in Japan. I think those are still pretty popular in Japan, so you could probably get away with it as is. You yeah, could probably so work a thing of like, oh, they're just deliberately retro, you know, because it's you know it's not too weird. They're deliberately retro because they're spies. It's harder to exactly. track. Oh. oh, we got a hook there. We got a hook for their, uh, the reboot. K Tie Eight. <laughs> There was kind of already an eight. That was the uh, the final boss. Uh, he was technically five, though. Uh, splitting hairs. <laughs> oh, actually, real quick before we keep going for, with Kitahara, uh, one thing about the Phone Bravers, and this can go into third as well. 
Uh, I absolutely love the effects on the From Bravers. Oh, I, yeah. The- I am surprised how good the fucking CG was on these motherfuckers. For it 2008, was, I'm for, surprised. For a 2008 TV show in Japan, the effects are still really hold up and are still really good. I mean, like, there are obviously your jankier shots, like, when the camera's really shaking a lot or there's a lot of heavy movement, you can tell where, like, you can kind of tell where they fucked up the composite. But for the most part, like, no, like, they blend in fairly well. They they actually look and move pretty realistically for a, you know, walking cell phone. Uh, <laughs> it, it does help that they... Uh... They uh they kind of half and half it with CG and then just the actual toys. Yeah, I do like that where like uh where it's like a still shot, you know, and they're not about to immediately transform. And even then, sometimes like oh dude, lose... I mean that, one of my favorite little points was uh zero one where he, like his toy is like moving the 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 window the curtain of the window. <laughs> I just love that. I don't know. It's just it is the actual fucking toy. It's just using the fucking window I, curtain. I loved it whenever they used the actual toys transformed. Just like in place of the character models, like there's a point where uh, the big bad Magura, he had like he's using Zero One. Oh my headset, god! Like Zero One's got his arms wrapped around his head, <laughs> like he's clinging uh, onto him. That was the funniest shit, dude. It was I so goddamn stop funny. Laughing. Actually, it's that's like, another thing too. Yeah, yeah. It's so good because like the entire <laughs> scene is completely serious, and at no point do they acknowledge the fact that Zero One is face hugging him. But it's like. It's very obviously Zero One is holding on to him, just like <laughs> holding pressed for up against life. his face. Exactly. I will say that's also that's also something that uh, to talk about the Phone Bravers real quick too. I do like how even though they are these high tech advanced spy phones with AI, they're still just janky walking basically toys in, in the universe. Where like they don't really have the gracefulness of human of humans, like they'll still fall over, they'll still just bump into shit randomly. Like how many times did seven or zero one just fall? Like oh, they're a just, lot. They're they, just they, fucking. They're just fucking lamos. They just ate shit a lot. And I like. <laughs> I especially like that with zero one. Where like. He'll be trying to do, like, the cool, edgy, dramatic villain thing where, like, he'll be doing, like, a cool pose. And he'll do, like, the dramatic entry through a window. Or, like, he'll drop oh. down from something. But, like, he'll he'll totally botch the fall and eat <laughs> shit on the ground. Dude, my like, favorite one was, the was I think, the last one where he's going to try and jump out the window and it was fucking closed. Yeah, he, he tries to, uh, <laughs> he's hanging out with, uh, Kata and he's, like... He's like, I'm going to, he's like, he's doing his, like, I'm a lone wolf thing. He's like, he goes to run off on his own to investigate something. And he leaps, fucking smacks into Kata's window, and he lands on his ass. And Kata just kind of, like, gently, like, moves over and pushes the window up. It's like, Let me get that for you, bro. Yeah. yeah. He's just like, thanks. Yeah. I, uh, that is one thing about the show, too. It's it's the subtle comedy with some of that stuff. Where it's just mm. like, the, these are still just kind of awkward moving phones that don't really know how to use their bodies to their full potential. And it's just fucking funny when they eat shit. It's just the funniest (laughs) fucking thing. Oh yeah. There's a lot of physical comedy in this show with the phones. And I think again, to go back to the CG, it really does help because the CG, as we said for 2008 TV, it's pretty fucking impressive. Again, like Jay said, where there's, when they try and get a bit too cute with it, it does look kind of weird. I won't lie. It does yeah. get kind of weird. But for the most part, from like the day-to-day, episode-to-episode, I-, I like it. I actually really like it. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, it's still the, the effects in general, it's, it helps that, uh, even though Mike only directed two episodes, it helps that because he is kind of the coordinator, it's all done a lot in his style where it's a lot of like heavy industrial type stuff. And it's a lot of very stylized stuff that looks like something that's real, but isn't. So a lot of the CG stuff, it doesn't, it's, it's not too realistic where it becomes jarring, but it's mm. not wacky enough or surreal enough where it completely takes you out of the experience. Ex yeah, Unless I, I he's trying too. to be completely surreal near the end. <laughs> to be fair, that's that's an exception. I oh dude that oh, oh we'll get to that. Um, actually, so we we kind of did talk a little bit more about. We actually, I think we did finish about Kitahara. I think we can talk about third. Yeah, I didn't bit. really have anything else more to say about him until the end. Uh, brief thing on third. I love he's, him. Third is great. He's basically like a, he's kind of almost a stereotypical uh, salary man almost in the way he reacts. He's, got, he's a very soft spoken. He uses a lot of uh, polite terminology and he kind of, <laughs> he's, I don't want to say he's, he's, uh, he's Kirahara's tard wrangler, but he's that general <laughs> kind of way of like, <laughs> He he's the one who has to apologize for Kirihara being like an edge lord, where he's just like, I I am so very sorry for Kirihara. Here, I, mean, I yeah. apologize. I, although he he does have one of my favorite moments of the series, where he fucking snaps at him. Oh yeah, that was end, great. He finally just gets fed the hell up with Kirihara's shit. He's like, I am sick and fucking tired of dealing with your shit, Kirihara. Just you need to suck it the fuck up. And figure out your problems already. You are an adult. You've had this conversation ten times with with uh. I forgot his name. Amashita. You need you need to learn your own lesson. I love. I love. And then I he love just that. immediately snaps back to normal like nothing <laughs> happened. But yeah, I love third. I love third. Um, besides another character that we'll get that uh, we'll talk about towards the ending. Uh. He's one of the only ones that actually made me misty-eyed when he fucking bit it, which was surprising that he bit it. I was like, "Oh, I fucking dead." I'm, I am definitely surprised how many characters actually die in this show. Just like characters that matter too. <laughs> Mike don't give a fuck. <sighs> mm, no. So, uh, quick lightning round on the rest of the uh, anchor staff because, to be honest, like the rest of them don't really matter. Um, there is. Allegedly, the third braver agent, uh, Toko, who she is a horrible woman. She is a she is a rotten woman. Um, how does <laughs> this woman otaku, still have a job? She's an otaku whore. She is. She really is. Her. She honestly really. Like, the show sets her up as being the third braver agent, even though I don't know. If, like. I don't know if I missed something, but like, I swear to God, they just straight up retconned it. Where like, they mention her picking up her braver that was getting maintenance. And then just later they're like, Oh no, her braver is in the fucking coma basically. And is locked away. Like Hannibal they Lecter. did. <clears throat> they mentioned something about like, Oh, her braver, like on a mission got like kind of hurt. So it's like taking a little while to like, uh, do maintenance on it. And I was like, Oh, so it's going to come in later because they even tease it in the, in the, in the opening that cause it's right there. And I'm like, well, mm. where did it go? It's just gone. Yeah. So I'm, I must've just completely like forgot that line and was just like, Oh yeah, she has it, but we just never see her use it because that's not what the writers want to do. No. Like uh, again, it feels like they just straight up retcon that 
They did. I'm so, pretty sure they did. So, I kind of we already we already summarized it. She is like a she is a weirdo. I don't want to say Yandere, but she's like a weirdo obsessive stalker who like obsessively fixates on men and then drives them into the brink of insanity and then fucking mopes around the office for a week and makes everybody else miserable because she's miserable and then repeats the cycle. She has like three or four episodes where they focus on her and every single plot is literally Toko's new relationship of the week. And this is how it's causing problems for everyone else. Uh, I kind of, I liked her early on and I liked her in smaller doses, but like whenever she had a, like a major part in the show, she was, she oh, was super obnoxious. Me, it was bad. Like there was a couple of times where I was like, I really wish I could skip this fucking episode. I hate this chick. Uh, like her, her episodes are not very good at all. No, she's, she's good in smaller doses, but anything further than that, she just gets really annoying. Like even then, like she never fucking does anything. She's like, she mostly just shows up to gossip and like shit talk the other agents and the support team. Cause she's just like a fucking psycho bitch. It's I don't so even weird. really understand what her role is in the company outside of being a braver, like a braver buddy. I mean, I suppose like Kirahara and Keda, she is allegedly a field agent, even though she doesn't have a braver. But like she never I, goes she, never, out on the field, really. We we never see her do anything at all. So I guess she just she's on perpetual paperwork duty. I suppose <laughs> that's the only thing I can assume. She's Cause there, she's there she because because uh, Chigus is too fucking nice to fire. I don't know. It's probably the case. That woman put up with way too much bullshit throughout the season. She really fucking did. <laughs> oh, speaking I, about her. I will say, like, the only time uh, her shenanigans really kind of, like, were moderately entertaining was uh, in one of the recap episodes where she breaks into Kata's house while shit-faced drunk to cry in his bathtub. And then, by pure coincidence, Kata's other two female friends show up, and of course it becomes super awkward because she's drunk off her ass and keeps saying embarrassing things. Uh, so, quick thing about uh, the boss, Chigasa, who... Used to be an agent, but now is the chief of the uh, the group. The chief. I. She's a very I don't want to say stock character, but because again that sounds mean. She's kind of your typical like, well-meaning but stern boss character you see a lot in these kinds of these kinds of shows where. Mm. I, I will say though, um, I, and I wouldn't say it's mean to say it because she is very, she, she is very generic. She's a generic chief character yeah. but that's it's not a bad thing she plays her role i no. to, to use a word that sounds worse than it is she's very utilitarian in her role she plays it well she does what she needs to and i don't think she needs anything more than that mm. yeah and uh they do start building on her more as the series goes on where they kind of set up a thing where like she she sees a lot in Kata, mostly due to his, her relationship with um Kata's predecessor, Takamoto, and, like, her own experiences in the field and her kind of growing up as a rookie agent. And that's kind of why she keeps him around, but she also kind of knows where she needs to put her foot down and be the boss. And she's not afraid of being a little goofy, too, like everybody else, which I... Again, she's a very utilitarian character, and that does sound mean, and I didn't, that's why I didn't want to say stock, because it sounds... It sounds negative. 
but it's mm-hmm. it's really the best way to explain it is you've yeah. seen this kind of character archetype before and there isn't a whole lot that makes her different but at the same time that doesn't mean it's done badly yeah and, and again it's 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 very much she she plays her role and I don't and honestly I don't I don't she's she's all right she's all right she yeah. she I kept thinking she was somebody else for like half of the series oh don't be don't get me wrong I keep mis- mixing up like half the support team I liked the the flashback arc when they set up where they set up her role as like a before she was the chief with her agent and uh her own braver who was horribly violently murdered um which is not a sentence you would expect me to say about a talking cell phone. Uh, oh, I, a I lot of cell phones in this show get horribly, violently murdered somehow. Oh, yes. Um, I do like the way that kind of sets up, uh, again, that, that, that kind of illuminates her general character arc and the way she kind of reacts with Kata. And I do like that. I do really like that. And it's, it's a good, it builds a solid foundation to her. Mm. Uh, uh, George Carlin. <laughs> you're right he i'm he literally looks like george fucking carlin like down to the hair uh he's he's, yeah. he's fine he i mean he's pretty much the guy who made or half third made the bravers so one of the co-creators and sort of uh the main the main tech dude and he's he's kind of your stock like grandpa character not like not like the bad kind of grandpa but like he's that kind of just He's a fun-loving old man. Like they, they keep calling him. I, I forget the exact translation, but like, they basically keep calling him like, Mister Almost Retired. Essentially, is what yeah. his name is. They, they keep making the fun of the fact that he's old, like playfully, and I do like that. And uh, again, he has a lot of crossover with Kada, and the way sort of his own experiences with literally building the Bravers and helping found Underaker. The way it kind of plays off with the way Kata's own growth goes, and his own his own relationship with Seven, I really do like that. But he's kind of he's the tech guy, so he doesn't really do a whole lot beyond that. His moments and episodes are really good, and the few episodes he has where he's a major focus, I really do enjoy him. But again, he doesn't really do a whole lot. Again, it's it's like you said, he's he plays his role and he plays it well. He doesn't do anything crazy doesn't do anything spectacular he just does it well and it's okay mm. it's it's fine um uh then we one? have uh the support team member who doesn't matter who for some reason keeps showing up in the credits which uh, one uh the one that isn't hurricane blue because which i was just about one? to say and then we have hurricane blue who also <laughs> doesn't really do anything she's just I, here she She's here because she's played by Hurricane Blue, essentially. I Again, that sounds mean. It's a little mean. She basically doesn't fucking do anything. And I'm pretty sure the only reason she has any like significant screen time or dialogue is because it's Hurricane Blue. And otherwise, there's no reason to have her on the show. Uh, again, sounds kind of mean, but it's true. It does sound mean, but it's completely true, is that... She's a non-character who is here because she is played by Hurricane Blue. Uh, I, you know what? I mean? She's she's fun. She's like she's kind of funny. Fun. Like, what does she do? Well, I was about to say there are times where like 
she'll be she's a like when she has a character and they write her into scenes beyond just like techno babble they kind of make her like weirdly super ridiculously optimistic where like in the end game we're like you know there's this weird like ai conglomeration shit going on where like she kind of like makes a peppy like super optimistic like this kind of makes our lives easier and everybody looks at her like she's completely insane <laughs> like she has bits like that throughout the show and i kind of like that when she has those bits which are never but otherwise she's just there and and this is when like, jay realizes that wasn't hurricane blue though someone else no that's definitely that is definitely are you sure Arisawa. yes that is abs that is now, now definitely you have to go her. check aj aj i know the i know this do you though i do it could it could be someone else it is it is definitely objectively it could be hurricane fail. pink you don't know there is no hurricane pink dick <laughs> If you said a Barre pink, maybe, yeah, I'd give you that one. But that's not even a, a character. Barre pink doesn't exist. Neither does Hurricane Pink. She can if she if she believes in herself. No, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Just watch, fucking. Uh, I was gonna say Decker Ranger, uh, Hurricane Twenty years after, uh, I can't want. I keep want to say Decca Pink, fucking. <laughs> Hurricane Pink, out of fucking uh, they, nowhere. They, they spent their budget on Hurricane Red Superform. They're not gonna have a new Ranger show up out of nowhere. You never know. I think. Uh, a hurricane. Uh, no, you know what? We gotta be like really abstract, like the other ones. We gotta be like uh, Hurricane Chartreuse. No, it's gonna be like uh, it's gonna be like we got Kabuto and the other one. It could be like Caterpillar or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, going on. Talk about Back zero one. Yeah, uh, that's basically it for the anchor crew. Uh, I guess real quick to touch on Kata's predecessor Takamoto, mostly because he is coincidentally the chief from Ryuki. Uh, so that we're up to, up to <laughs> two Ryuki characters now. Um, actually, no, we already mentioned Raya. So three. We're up to three Ryuki characters now. Who's just uh, kind of there for some reason, too. It's so fucking weird that, like, they keep him in the opening. Even though he's long fucking dead by the time they put him in the opening. <laughs> they want to be like, nice he, to him. I, I will say, I did find it really surprising that they just outright killed him in the first episode. I was expecting that, like, he'd just be in a coma. You know, they do the usual thing, like, like the new hero replaces the old hero and the old hero is just kind of temporarily around. And then like near the end, the old hero comes back at like the moment of crisis. And then he kind of officially patches, passes the torch there or like some shit happens and like he turns evil or, you know, he's like an imposter or whatever the fuck. No, he's just dead. They just like, they just fucking flatline him, pull the, pull the plug. He's dead in the ground. Episode one. It's, it's it's actually it's the funniest shit because like I legit thought the same thing. Oh, it's gonna be uh, but like it is kind of funny because like out of fucking nowhere, it's just like, oh, he's just dead. I guess he's I just was, dead now. I was legitimately so fucking surprised. Where like the fucking credits are rolling and the ending music are playing, and then you see the trauma team roll in. Or no, what was it, like, I think. I don't remember if it was like Kata or Toe. Somebody gets like a phone call and they rush over and there he is just like flatlining. Like 
last 30 seconds of the first episode. Dude, I deadass fucking yelled, he's dead? Dude, me too. I was like, okay, we're going to go there already. Wow. I was shocked. I was like, you killed him? Uh, Oh, okay. I guess the show's got balls. I mean, like, I knew he wasn't going to, like, stick around in any significant way, but I wasn't expecting them to fucking put him in the ground in episode one. (laughs) I mean, hey, he does come back a couple of times. He does. Like, I'll I'll do get I do give them this is that he wasn't just a one and done. He does come back for like flashback episodes or like one off bits where they need to have, you know, they have the emotional remembrance moment or whenever like like in the end game when seven has a mental breakdown and he hallucinates him. Same. Like, yeah, yeah, me too. Like, they they do keep him around. He does still come back. It isn't like... It isn't like they just fucking murder him and then forget about him. Like, no, he... Even beyond keeping him in the ep- uh, the opening every episode, he does still stick around. He does still matter. Which I did find really interesting. I did find, uh... I did find a, a neat touch where... Not gonna lie, I kept expecting them to, like, bring him back from the dead somehow during the endgame because he, they kept He's him in the He's phone braver eight. <laughs> Like literally, like, oh, he's gonna come back as like a fucking phone braver. They I, put I his expected body. that too. I'm not gonna lie. Or like, they fake like he faked his death, and the the chief was in on it. <laughs> he faked and like, his just like he death. ran off to do something. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I wasn't I wasn't expecting him to just be dead objectively with no like not coming back. He's dead, and you're dead for liking it. Uh. I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> he dead. Um, but yeah, zero one. We gotta talk about zero one, Jay. Uh, our technically our big bad, at least for the first half. Um, phone braver is zero one. Uh, the as you can probably guess, he was the sort of a prototype, the final fro- prototype stage of the bravers, who. His his villainous turn is so fucking silly. Where he he starts off as a member of Anchor. He starts off as the kind of, like, official field prototype. And, like, just because of horrible, rotten luck, every single partner Zero-One has just dies. He Everybody he partners up with just keeps biting the bullet. In one case, literally. And, like, he gets so fed the fuck up and he starts blaming himself that he literally just becomes a terrorist. He keeps seeing people die so often that he just becomes a he becomes a super villain. Like and like one of the times isn't even his fault. One of the times the dude just kills himself. I, like, I did find that that was the last one too. That was, that was the, the last, last one. one. Before, I just that find was that the, so fucking funny. It's like Oh, all of my all of my partners keep dying in, in awful missions. No, one of them threw up himself off a fucking cliff. Like that's the funny like the first one gets shot because he wasn't aware enough. Okay. Sure. The second I think like the second one got blown up or something. Yes. It was like it was like, oh, he made the like the heroic sacrifice or he didn't he was he didn't succeed in time. Alright. That's cool. Another real thing where I can see where like Zero One could blame himself. And the third one, no, he just jumps off a roof and dies. Like Zero one, buddy. That ain't your fault. Like, bro, he like he, that is not worth turning evil over. No, no, I mean, no like, it's, okay, it's my I, fault, bro. I, I have to. <laughs> I just have to kill myself now. <laughs> I just find that so funny that the last one is just the one that fucking kills himself. He just, exactly. He, he didn't even. It's not even. Literally, 
you cannot say it's your fault because he fucking he did it to himself, bro. Exactly. It's so it's so like weird that is what set him over the edge. But I I I know that's going to sound horrible out of context. <laughs> you, you you get what I'm saying. Send him over the edge, huh? Well, literally. <laughs> it was a uh, it was a real fall from grace. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. That's kind of that's uh I mean, literally that that was zero one's fall from grace. Oh my god. I I as bad as it sounds, I love I love his backstory. It's <laughs> they, so they just it's keep so dying. It's so unnecessarily tragic for this fucking talking cell phone in this talking cell phone show. To like just keep getting people murdered so much that you just quit humanity and decide to start becoming evil. <laughs> so so Zero One really honestly, like outside of a couple handful of episodes in the first half, is kind of only like there on the side. He's his whole thing is that he is trying to find what his reason is and like why exactly he exists and why if he all he does is keep spreading malice and hate and death like he might as well help people do it his whole thing is like he helps fill people fulfill people's desires and pretty much all of them are i am evil and i hate people and i want to kill people and so he helps with that and for the most part he kind of takes the back seat for the villains of the week uh usually he'll like he's kind of usually supplying the villains of the week with like technology or technical know-how or like like if they're a computer hacker, he'll supply them like the hacking programs and the code and he'll teach them how to do it. And then sometimes he's just kind of like spreading malice for his own, his own motives. Like uh, there's episode two or three, like he hacks into some sort of dated storage thing or is like a power plant. I don't really remember, but he, he, his whole thing is just kind of spreading malice because he kind of wants to understand what what is my role in regards to humanity and like what what am i what is my purpose what is humanity's purpose kind of thing uh and he's he's really fun he's a really fun villain for this show uh, they don't go too weird with it where he's like some sort of like c- cyber hacker you know terrorist organization leader like you, well, i mean he's kind of an evil ai but like they don't do the the standard tokusatsu expectation where he's like some ridiculous like you know they, they don't do like a grid man where he's like an evil ai from another dimension that showed up to take over the world because evil and i use computers because computers are evil and shit like that no he's just like he's just some dude who's trying to figure out who he is and he does that by killing people which you know is he, he's kind, he's he's a dude who's pissed off that he doesn't understand exactly I like he doesn't him, understand I do like why he's still alive, and so he's going to make it everybody else's problem. I will say I do really like him, though. I really like him because, mm. for one, he, like you said, he's not like the generic, I'm evil, I'm going to beat you up, seven, you whore. He, he's just a guy <laughs> who just doesn't get it, and he's legitimately trying to. And it's like it's almost to a point where like even he doesn't really get what's so bad about what he's doing. And I, and I kind of like that. I really do like that. And towards the end, his, uh, his face turn when usually I would hate face turns like this. I actually really did enjoy it, especially because he, because he, uh, he just becomes a little shit towards the end. No, I do like that where, um, 
his his face turn is earned because it's sort of the culmination of his arc is understanding that his purpose is just to his purpose was what he was always built for and that his entire reason was he let he blamed himself for what happened so he pretty much went completely insane on his own defenses and that Kate is able to teach him that no you were always on the right path and all you need is somebody who cares about you as much as you care about them and I did like that and it does feel earned and it I gonna be honest I did kind of see it coming I do what, the, like he, the way they did it yeah I did kind of I mean, expect to be fair. well again that's what I'm about to say is that I do like that like like you said, he doesn't really become a good guy, strictly speaking, up until, like, the last couple of episodes. And even though, like, they don't do the full, like, usual face turn thing where, like, oh, he's accepted back into Anchor and nobody fucking questions the fact that he murdered a bunch of people and committed a bunch of crimes. You know, like a lot of tokusatsu shows do where somebody will turn good despite having spent several years worth of evil and, like, they just don't fucking question it or whatever. And it's not even like a brainwashed thing. Like, no, he he chose to do all that on his own, but he's just a part of the good guys now. <laughs> I like that where, like, for one, they sort of defy the face turn where he kind of just fucks off immediately. And he kind of start he keeps doing his own thing, but he's he's more not necessarily helping, but he's not causing chaos anymore. And even then he does start to help finally as he he kind of starts to learn the lesson more and more. And he starts to sink it in and he starts to become more part of the team with Kata and the others. I, but you're I, right. Is that like, yeah. no, you go ahead first. No, I was going to say, I do also like that where in reality, he's not helping under anchor. He's helping Kata because he likes yeah. him. He understands him and he, and Kata understands him right back. So it's, it's that thing where like he face turned for one character, but everybody else, he doesn't really care about. Not really. Pretty much. And it's like, with the exception of, like, the chief, where he kind of helps the chief out because, you know, he used to work with her. And he, I, I don't necessarily think he even, like, cares the fact that he murdered second, her braver. He's just kind of, like, he kind of feels bad that she feels bad about it. But he doesn't really, like, he never really apologizes for the fact that he murdered him, murdered her. But no, um, you're right in the way that, like, Technically speaking, he never really becomes good. He just starts kind of like becoming a little shithead. Like in the first, <laughs> literally the first episode after, after his face turn is like, is him just fucking bumming around Kata's house, making fun of the fact that his dad's a weirdo and that his parents are going to get divorced. That's it. There's literally, there's literally a part where he's standing in Kata's room dancing and singing about divorce he's like haha your parents are getting divorced i love the fact that this is where the emotions on the uh cell phones come in i love his little laughing face his 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 shit eating laughing face is so funny like because he's walking out of the room it's like kid your parents are gonna get divorced while that little like voices you're gonna have a split family i love again i love it because he is just a little shit He's a little shit, but he's endearing, and I like Zero One. Uh, oh, yeah. He has the most graphic, de- or one of the most graphic deaths in this entire show. Oh, Holy my fucking fuck. God. I'm, that was not I'm needed, like, man. No. I'm I'm kind of, like, disappointed he died. I'm kind of, well, I'm sad to say that, like, as many people who died in this show died. 
but we'll save that more for once we get into the the full spoilers. I, I guess that's one of those things where it's like, I guess that's a good thing where it's just like, I mm. wish you didn't. <laughs> I cared so much about him as a character that I legitimately felt upset that he died. Especially but you're the right, way like, he did it, dude. Fuck. Yeah, his death is like, it's this whole thing where like I don't want we don't I don't want to get necessarily too into the like the final arc stuff like. He's basically fighting an evil army of, like, zombie bravers, essentially, who are, like, suicide bombing him and his friends. And, like, at least, like, because they've got the little, you know, of course, this is a toku show because they've got the toys and they got the attachment to the toys. They've got the little, like, assistant bits that they'd snap on. Like, they got a camera or whatever. Uh, you know, they're, like, the little, like, chainsaw dude. And, like, they're, they're fucking sacrificing themselves to stop these fucking suicide bombers to save Kata. And, like... Zero One almost gets away until one of them detonates a huge fucking gas tank and blows up the building that they're in. And, like, it's so fucking, like, I was like, oh, shit, they finally defied, like, they defied the the heroic death. And, like, he fucking walks out of the flames, just no damage at all. I'm totally fine. And then he falls apart immediately afterwards after he goes out of earshot. And then the real bag bad fucking walks up, picks up his corpse, and snaps him in fucking half to rip his innards out. It, like, in like, and it's just very casually the way he does it. Like he picks him and just snap, rip, literally throws him in the trash. I was. <laughs> no, go for it. Go for it. I was like. I was so pissed off at Magura when he did that. Dude, I was honestly, like, I, you same. need to fucking die. No, you need like, to hang, that was the, dude. That was so crazy because like, it's been a long time since I've seen a Tokusatsu show definit- definitively say he's fucking dead and he ain't coming back. Oh, like, absolutely, he is gone, gone. Like, holy, I, I think I think that's why I felt even worse about it because I'm like. Oh, so we're, we're, we really are not going to get him back. He's dead. He is just, that's, he's dead, dead. That's like, that's like Kusaka's death tier of, this dude is very definitively dead and he's not coming back. Like, and even then. <laughs> well, I mean, let's not talk about Fies for the moment. <laughs> um, no, but, but like, it's, it's yeah, crazy. It, like, it really is. It was legitimately crazy. And it's in this kind of shit, in this show, it's not what you're going to expect. Because, again, it's a fucking goofy show about talking cell phone robots. You don't expect it to go suddenly hard as fuck until it does. And it does it all the time. We're like, the episodes will lull you into, like, this is going to be a goofy, wacky episode. And then suddenly, bam, grimdark shit happens. And then just we, the entire episode is just grimdark for the rest um, of it. So, actually, that's funny you mentioned that. So, before we get into the final work, because we're going to... Uh, let's talk about some of those fucking wild ass episodes. Just right there are off. S- this this is almost like a random events kind of show where like it is the kind of show where the premise is almost completely secondary, and there will be episodes where just fucking whatever happens. I I kind of wish I made a list of all of the weird fucking episodes that happen in this show. Um. Just just to name a few, and I'm sure I'm going to name the ones that AJ is going to name. Or just a few, maybe. Uh, just to name a few off the top of my head. There is the episode where Kata fucking connects Seven to the past and starts talking with a soldier from World War II. Yeah. Uh, 
which is doubly fucked because like they actually change history like he I, the whole thing is like they go out to some fucking classmate or whatever's friends grandparents house and like Kata, because he's a fucking loser who doesn't care, is like writing the most dog shit report on Japanese history. We lost. And coincidentally, yeah, basically. Uh, and coincidentally, the the lady of their house they're staying at, you know, her husband died in World War Two. He was a he was a kamikaze pilot. And so, because of shenanigans at anchor, Kata and Seven somehow connect to the pilot's radio system in the past. And through sheer force of will and buffoonery, change history so that he doesn't die. And, like, it would be that kind of plot where, like, you think, like, oh, history's not going to change. Like, it's going to be subtle about it or, like, something like that. No, it's just, like, Kata wakes up the next day and, like, oh, suddenly there's a bunch of people at the house and suddenly it's super lively and the guy's not dead and anything like that. And, like nobody else obviously nobody else they don't even like the the anchor gang who are helping them connect to the fucking past like have any idea we're like oh yeah we just changed history didn't we and like the funny thing too is like the old man who they saved he recognizes their names and he's just like thank you so very much i'm i appreciate everything you did uh, which surprised me the most too is that they didn't do like the i once knew somebody by that name like he immediately was like oh Oh, you're the kid who saved my life. Oh, cool. I did like that one. Um, another episode off the top of my head. Uh, let's see. I will save that one for last because it's the weirdest one. Uh, there's the episode where they gaslight Kata into thinking an alien invasion is happening. I swear to God, this kid's gonna fucking shoot up a high school. <laughs> I'm. Su- you know what? I'm pretty sure that's what most people are gonna say about him, anyways. I I swear uh, to God, this kid is this close, dude. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? That episode was so fucking mean. It was. Like, obvi- I was like, like, like from- what's wrong with you? Like obviously, it's gonna be a fucking bait and switch, but it's so like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why are they doing this? Especially because like. They can all fucking see this kid is hyperventilating, having a goddamn like, panic attack in the corner, and they're just Kata's, like, <laughs> like Kata is there with his heart beating out of his chest and covered in a bucket of sweat, while the rest of them are there standing in like '60s era like sci-fi space like future outfits from like the '60s, and like they're playing fucking Space Invaders and shit, and like. They're taking it completely seriously, and Kata's keep taking it completely seriously, and nobody thinks to tell him, like, yeah, this is a bit at all until he finds out. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't just, like, kill himself to save from being attacked by the alien menace. It was menace. so mean, dude. I was like, it was, what's wrong with you people? Why it would was you so, do that? Oh. Uh, <laughs> it was so uh, bad. Let's see. Uh, there was the one where some, they, uh, Kata runs into some old man who suddenly has the ability to fucking alter people's memory on like, on like a fucking reality. Like he just has fucking reality warping powers or some shit. Yeah. Some ancient pe- and then the old dude is a ninja for no real reason. And then, <laughs> because why not? And then they, they play, uh, they play Stratego. <laughs> 
and, and, and somehow the way he wins is because of a fucking cat. The it's cat true. saves the day, Jay. The cat saves the day. Uh, I, 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 I want to save this one for last because it's the weirdest one. But like, uh, another one off the top of my head. Uh, AJ brought it up, and we have to talk about it before we talk about the big, the biggest, weirdest episode. Uh, the fucking lunch episode. Where they basically, they basically like bully the chief to let them get takeout, and it's like, and all hell just breaks loose. So, so to give you again a, a quick synopsis of this episode, the support team, and like like the literal who support team, not like the ones who actually had lines up at this point, like the ones who are just there sitting at their desks who don't fucking do anything, suddenly get focus for no reason. And they, the entire episode has them bitching and moaning about how they're sick and tired of their lunchroom and they're sick and tired of the same cafeteria shit every day. They're like, man, I wish we could order takeout to our secret base. Even though, logically speaking, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to. Like, it's it's not like they're in the middle of nowhere. They're just underneath like a fucking it's skyscraper. It's because they only have 30 minutes, Jay. Just place that shit when you before you start your break, bro. That's what I do. Yeah, but for thirty minutes, Jay. Still, <laughs> not only that, but also to be fair, they uh, the 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 biggest issue that they have besides the one I'll bring up right now, uh, they're they're ordering from like a legit high end fucking Chinese restaurant. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> that what are you doing? And two, this all would have been avoided if someone would just sent somebody to be the pickup bitch. Just send someone well, to go it, get it. For starters, it would have uh, been avoided if they had anybody but fucking Kata doing it. I mean, but, that's... <laughs> yeah. But, like, the, like, they bully the chief into letting them order takeout. And it <laughs> turns into a near a near mass murder of the entire anchor staff. It becomes a revolution. It almost does. Like, Kirahara straight, like, straight up starts threatening to murder the delivery guy. Like... The Kata forgets the orders, forgets the entire order six fucking times in a row, and they play it straight and replay the entire sequence every time he forgets. They play through him talking to every single person about what they want to order, getting on the phone, forgetting the order, going back to repeat the order, and they play that, I think, literally four times before Seven is finally like, just let me do it. Let I remember the order. Let me take the phone call. <laughs> and like, it's the like a like. Of course, you have the bit where like the food all shows up and they immediately have to leave for an emergency that ended up not mattering. And Kata like a little shit eats all the food because oh well it's gonna go to waste. It's gonna the the, the noodles are gonna get soggy, bro. I swear like, I, I, when that happened, I was like, you son of a bitch. I was like. Kata, you're a fucking moron. You should. You're not. You're not this stupid. You should know what's gonna happen. <laughs> and then, of course, he eats it all, and then he passes out and has a weird ass dream where his uh, his school teacher breaks into the secret base, and Zero One's there, and he's evil again, and they're they're gonna take over the world. And then, yeah, it it was a it was a fucking stupid episode, but it was the fun kind of stupid. It was. I I swear. It was to the point where I was like, what the fuck is happening? 
I will say Kirihara basically throwing a fucking tantrum is the best part though. It was. It was so funny. Like and the way he like he like the way he goes up to the uh to announce to the other crew is like, Yeah, we're never ordering from this place again. Like he does it like like a general is announcing that like we've lost a diplomatic ally after thirty <laughs> years of service. Like he's like like we are severing diplomatic ties with this restaurant. Under Anchor and Shanghai <laughs> Tay will no longer be doing business together. Exactly. What? See, okay, okay. Now this is something that I I know I shouldn't bring up, but I'm gonna do it anyways because it's funny. Uh, Chief, you dumb bitch. They left it outside. What's the issue? What's the issue exactly, here? Exactly my point. Like they left it the outside. What? <laughs> like what the fuck is stopping you guys from like? Fuck's sake, just order some fucking pizza or something, Do bro. you not have a receptionist? Exactly. Like, that's the thing, is that, like, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to logically, because it's, they're just, like, a fucking regular office. Like, other than the fact that they're a secret underground base, like, bro, they're just in, like, a regular skyscraper downtown. <laughs> just, just have, again, just have fucking Kata call up the pizza man. Go upstairs, pick it up, pizza give the man his tip, and then come back down. Like, 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 literally, it, they, they, it's like the chief makes it sound like the delivery guy's going to come into the base. It's like, he's just going to leave it out in front. Have you never worked in an office like, before? What, what fucking, yeah, no, no fucking pizza guy is going to go to a big skyscraper and, like, go hand deliver it. Unless the pizza's made of fucking gold. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's like, but, that was the biggest pro- problem that I had. It was just like, what's the issue? This is this is this is a plot that could have been entirely avoided by literally anybody thinking at this, all. This this this, my friend, is a perfect example of corporate incompetence. This this is what we call an idiot plot. This is <laughs> oh, but uh, it's so good though. It's so fucking funny. I think that's the best part about it. It's like it's one of those plots where you can have fun just with it and have fun just thinking. How many ways this could be just fucking like, avoided? Exactly. Just like sitting there and thinking about like, okay, if literally anybody had any kind of brain power, none of this would be happening like, right now. Like, I, I think the best, you know what the best part though? The best part about the whole thing is they completely forgot about the delivery guy who went missing. <laughs> Where did he go? He's just I don't gone. know. He's fucking dead somewhere. I, I guess so. Maggie fucking stabbed him. He must have. <laughs> so, so before we get into the most deranged arc, which is the finale, uh, we get into what I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it outright: uh, the best two episodes in the entire show. The grooming arc. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so let's call a spade a spade. Uh. I don't. You know what? If re- you really think about it, it's not quite grooming because, like, the chick isn't really trying to seduce Kata. She's just fucking with him the entire time. Like, okay, poor choice of words, but she's just, like, she's fucking pranking him. It's a prank, bro. I mean, okay. she's financially grooming him. She took all of his fucking money, bro. That's not grooming. That's called scamming. Uh, fair enough. That's 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 gri- that's a that's being a grifter. This not is a financial molestation. Okay, I'll give you that one. Okay, okay. So, let me set the stage. So there's a two-parter in the show, which of course got a fucking director's cut, 
And the two-parter is both written and directed. And I legitimately did not believe this when I saw the credits for the episode. It is written and directed by Mamoru Oshii. <laughs> the Mamoru Oshii. And if you don't know who that is, get, get off our show. Like, just leave. Get off the internet. You don't deserve to be an anime fan if you don't know that name immediately off the top of your head. Like, and the second I see his name there as both writer and director, I'm like, this is going to be so fucking incomprehensible. So, and like, it's, this is an episode too. like, this is one of the prime episode example episodes of like, this premise of the entire show doesn't matter. And it's just a random events plot. So this random woman who is completely insane and carries around a fucking cardboard cutout of a dog. Street racer. A cardboard cutout of a dog. That keeps changing. That does, that for one, keeps changing. Two, keeps talking on its own when nobody's there. Uh, and three, she refers to as her boyfriend, which, immediate red flag. Uh, but she, for no real particular reason, like, starts fixating on Kata. I guess because, like, He's uh, he's in another like I'm running away from home arc kind of like he he's like I'm done I quit again he leaves seven at home I don't I think he just fucking forgot seven I don't even think he deliberately left seven I think he just fucking forgot about him the, 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 and like see, fucked off you you basically can say it like this is one of those episodes where you can literally just forget the premise entire you can forget everything that you know about these characters because it basically doesn't even fucking matter. It no, doesn't like, even fucking if, matter. If Seven didn't pop up to, like, kind of deliver exposition, you could just... Ex you, this could be an entirely, like, standalone series. This would have... No, you could fucking put this into anything and it would work. You could just air this as is, and I would think this is just, like, a TV movie of the week. And it'd still be fucking great. So, this random woman, for absolutely no good reason sabotages Kata's motorcycle like a bitch twice and twice and basically forces him to go on vacation with her during which the entire time he financially uh, well I love this phrase we're gonna use it financially molests Kata <laughs> by constantly making him pay for everything and max out his credit card uh, continuously and repeatedly embarrasses him in front of everybody Publicly and privately. This is like a weird thing where like the you can kind of think she's like a groomer because like she keeps baiting him into situations where like you would expect there to be some kind of like pervy shenanigans like, oh, I'm going to go into the uh, the hot spring here alone by myself. I won't say anything. Ooh, you want ha ha. Ooh. And like, obviously, the bit she's trying to set up is that he goes in and like she makes fun of him for going in and like embarrasses him. Like, but maybe she isn't, I don't know. It kind of leaves it said like, like that's the weird thing. It's like, we don't, we don't fucking learn who she is or why she does any of what she does. It, it's kind of left like, up to interpretation no, no reason. of like, it, it's left to open. It's left open to interpretation of like, whether or not she would have actually gone through with it. Like, she, they don't tell you straight up that she actually is going to or she's actually not going to. It's just Kata's incompetence doesn't allow you to know the answer. Exactly. And, like, 
it's Kata for no reason, like just keeps going along with this woman because like, I guess like in for a penny in for a pound. And like, it's again, it's just like two episodes of them just kind of getting into shenanigans, like just ordinary, like vacation shenanigans. Like they go out to dinner, like lunch and like, she's just an embarrassment to him and just completely embarrasses Kata. And like, they go to like the hotel lobby and like they play fucking ping pong. And of course, you know, she's a complete lunatic. And then she has the talking dog puppet, which Kata keeps having schizophrenic breakdowns and hearing the dog puppet talk and tell him that he doesn't understand anything, which would certainly terrify me if that happened. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not going to comment and say that it hasn't happened, but it wasn't a dog puppet that time. Uh, it was the God. And like the entire time. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I want. I don't want. I don't want to talk about it. Like the, again, the like the entire time, like, and like there's this weird like, she keeps fucking throwing lemons at Kata and leaving lemons on him for no reason. I don't know what the fuck the significance of that was. And then some random yakuza looking motherfucker keeps like literally showing up out of nowhere to like give Kata life advice of how to be a man. And at one point he gets like fucking. Does he like turn into a fighter jet? Yes, he and fly does. Off? He does. <laughs> like he fucking flies, literally flies off and explodes. I think for no reason, and then he just kind of climbs out of the water like nothing happened. Like, like this, this sounds like it's incomprehensible, and it is incomprehensible. But it's so fucking entertaining. It's, I, I literally don't know. How to even describe what happens beyond what I've already have. Like, if I were to just say, like, the objective reality of what happens is that Kata gets tricked into spending money and spending time with some crazy old woman who maybe has the hots for him and is kind of leading him on into shenanigans. That sounds like it'd be either really boring or have no reason to be involved with this plot of the show. But, it, like... The actual way it all happens and the things that happen in it are so fucking bonkers that it it just kind of becomes its own psychological beast of an episode. Like, it, it defies explanation. Like, I, I would need, like, two hours more to explain this fucking episode. I, I, think, I think it's one of those episodes that you really do have to think on. Because, like, it's mm. not going to be one of those, like, Oh, we it told like you're not gonna get it a hundred percent on your first viewing. I think. Oh, absolutely. Um, I actually did, however, look up because uh, I know you you were questioning this. I I did actually look up what lemons mean in Japan, at least. So here is the thing that I found. It basically comes up. If basically it comes out to like a like a sexual symbol, like almost like perverse in nature. Um, so if you want to take it like that, maybe because I kind of took it because there was a couple of points where the lemon was left alone and then the lemons were wrapped around Keita. Now there are a couple of words. And again, this is getting into maybe she actually did something with him. Uh, there were a couple of, there's a couple, like the way that the lemons were like wrapped around him. I'm like, is that supposed to symbolize her wrapped around him? It's just not being explicit about it. Like it's, it's one of those things where like your, your mind does kind of like 
Because even the lemons in that scene where, like, he's covered in them is kind of shaped like somebody holding him. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah, I noticed that. Like, hmm. And, of course, they start hmm. talking about flowers and stuff like that. And then the scene where she hugs him, which is honestly kind of creepy if you really think about it, uh, where they're, where she's on the on the chair and they're hugging each other, you have a flower that's bloomed and a flower that hasn't bloomed yet. And I'm like... I, hmm, uh-huh. There's something to be said here, and they're not telling me what it is, but my brain is starting to go all different places, and I love that. It is, it is very much expected of Mamoru Oshii. It is very much in line with his, his writing and his filmography, where if you're familiar with his work, you can you kind of know what you're gonna go in for once you well, like once you see the cold opening there, you kind of expect what's gonna happen. And I don't mean expect in the way like you know the, like the bits that are gonna come up, but like you know that this is gonna be one completely bonkers, and two it's gonna be very artistic and gonna have a very uh very ambiguous moral to it. I guess the best. I I like, like it though because. Again, you, oh, no, you, it's like I said, it, it is legitimately like the best two episodes of the entire show. It, it comes off very like, and I would love to see, you know, I would love to ask Chad and, and Phil to watch like just this part by itself, just to see what they would think about it and get their thoughts on it. Because I'm like, I wonder hmm. what, you know, what you would come up with that. Because to me, this really just does come up as like. This is Keita's, it's it's his first love, basically. It's like like his legitimate first love. And like I mean, I know that's that's definitely the vibe that it's going for, is that like it's that kind of again, I don't want to say typical, like that story of like the the summertime romance with a somewhat older girl and that kind of that's your awakening as like a man. Realizing, you know, going from, I don't want to say like yeah, like awakening as a man is when you kind of first like first start becoming aware of these feelings and these emotions and impulses like that. I mean, I and, would I would assume, and this is something that I didn't look up, but I I I feel that even the specific fighter jet that the Yakuza turned into has some kind of meaning towards it because it's a very specific like model of jet. It's not just he, fighter jet; it's very specific bomber jet. I believe he said it was a Tomcat, right? Mm-hmm. I'm... So I don't know if that means something different in Japan, but that does kind of like you hear that phrase and that does kind of, well, for what it also kind of like you hear that phrase and that kind of like very symbolic of like a very wild individual, especially a, uh, a woman or a feminine individual of like <clears throat> that sort of mentality comes to mind when you use that phrase. It, like, so I don't awesome. know if, I don't know if that's what he meant by that. I don't know if that, like symbolism means anything else. I'm pretty sure or... it does because even then at the, at the end, like he, the Yakuza kind of symbolizes Keita having to come back to reality by giving him his phone back. Cause Keita yeah. loses. Uh, that's something we should mention. It's not seven, but he loses his cell phone pretty early on, which basically means he has no, well, he doesn't lose it. The bitch tosses <laughs> yeah. it in the water just to fuck with him. Yeah, she does. <laughs> but like, it's actually really interesting because it does kind of stand for like him having to come back to reality. Like, okay, she's gone. You understand now. You understand what it's like to be who you are, and maybe you don't like it, but you understand it now. And I, I, I don't know, man. The entire that entire two part, like it, legitimately left me shocked and like speechless for a while. I was like, 
wow, that was fucking fantastic, dude. Fuck. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Honestly, like, and I kind of feel bad for saying it. I don't think the show, like, reaches the same heights as it does after no, it that does episode. Not. I can, no. I, as much as I like this show in, in its entirety, uh, that, it, it did 100% peak right then and there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But no, yeah, like, uh, I kind of understood that, like, the Yakuza is sort of both a symbolization of, like, the older man who kind of, like, you know, like a father figure of sorts who coaches you through that kind of arc. And, like, also a little bit of, like, Kata's own maturity kind of coming in and telling him, you know, I don't want to say, like, driving him, but, like, that sort of, like, mentality of, like, this is what a man would do. This is like, this is the idea of like, and what a man would do as like a youth would go into. And it's, they, it's so interesting. Like there's so much you can dissect and there's so like so many little intricate details and symbolism that it's so fucking great and interesting. And it's literally just two <laughs> random episodes of this show. It, Honestly, again, like if you if you have to watch anything, watch episodes nineteen and twenty. It's it's right up there, and um, I'm not saying it's on the same level of like introspectiveness or anything like that, but it's right up there in quality with like the samurai episode from Makai Senki, where it's just like this. Would... This is like an episode you can watch by itself and just kind of get it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would I would definitely agree. With, like. This is an episode where, like, this has basically nothing to do with the overarching plot or narrative of the show. But you could just watch it, and this kind of tells you both everything you need to know about the show and works completely on its own. And, and I like it. It's like, it's again, it's that's, it's the episode where you just kind of get it. And I'm like, you know what? That That's a mark of a good episode where you could just show it to somebody, and they're just like, oh, yeah, I get it. I get, I get it. I'm like, yeah, it's great. So, Jay, let's talk about, uh, actually, no, we, we didn't even talk about the horror episode. It doesn't matter. They're, they're dead. They're all dead. Oh, that's right. I fucking forgot about the horror episode for a minute. Well, it doesn't matter because they, they all died. That... Well, they kind of bring that back in the finale, though. No. Weirdly enough. A little bit with, like, the... Well, kind of. I don't know. I don't... It's not the same, though. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit the same. I don't... What's well, It's, it's but, the same okay. the same as... Actually, that's something we should mention right now, too. Um... This show is a weirdly big stickler for continuity, like minor continuity for no real reason. It just is like one of Kate's mm. like, like one of Kate's 40 year old pretending to be a high schooler friends. Uh, she just writes like phone novels for one episode, but she keeps doing it. Mm. She just keeps doing yeah. it. Or one of my, one of the ones that I really thought was weird. Um, they got weirdly obsessed with nut cream corn snacks, and they're just there for the rest of the ep- for the rest of the series. They're just there. I'm like, I I guess they're here now. <laughs> uh, it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I did really enjoy that the the show is very, the show is very fixed on its own continuity, and like, not in a really obnoxious way. Like again, like I mentioned it earlier, where uh. Kurohara ends up getting suspended from the from the from active duty, and like, it'll, they'll just like, he'll be like he'll be about to run off like because the plot's happening. We're like, bro, what are you doing? Like, like they won't bring it up as like a, as you know, Kurohara kind of thing. And we're like, 
they'll, he'll just be casually reminded of it a few episodes later. And he's like, I wish I could help, but, uh, you know, I can't, you know. Uh, <laughs> small details like that, too. It's like they'll just kind of casually bring it up when they, they don't really need to. And, like, they'll stick to these kind of finer details, like you said. I, I think that's it to was, show also that the show is happening in a very short time. Because mm. I don't, because I don't think that it's, much. I don't. Actually, I don't even think a year passes by in this show. I don't believe they say so. No, I don't believe they specifically say how long it's been since uh, Kata joined. That's because the we crew. don't have a Christmas episode. Uh, it was one of the recaps. Oh well, th- that doesn't count. I mean, it kind of counts. No, it doesn't. A the point five episodes of Zia don't count. This doesn't count. Yeah, but these were. Uh, I was about to say they're about as entertaining, but no, the uh, the recap episodes in this kind of blow. Yeah, exactly. Um, to to go. I mean, I don't know the the Christmas one has a uh, zero one and third run flying off on a sleigh, so that was pretty fun. I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. No, no. Okay, let me let me rephrase that. Zero one is using third as a sleigh to ride through the sky, and he just is because fuck you, he's zero one. He can do that. Um. Actually, before we get into the final arc, uh, I'm going to talk about the extras that we got on the version that on the torrent that we got, just real quick. Um, so, just to go off by the ones that I that I was watching, because I did watch, I watched all of them. I did because I had time before you came in. Um, Christmas special, eh, whatever. We got a bunch of the music videos, whatever. Commercials, whatever. Uh, two things that did stand out to me, and I don't know if you watched the, this one's particular, the cut scenes for. This show, especially because a lot of these, the cutscenes are mostly for like the last episode. Uh, very interesting. Very, very I, interesting. I did not get around to watching it, mostly because I wasn't sure what was going to have spoilers or not. Um, I watched it after, obviously, the final episode. A very interesting. That was that was what my plan was going to be, was uh, to watch it until after I was done, but I haven't gotten a chance yet. Um, so I haven't seen, so we'll get to the, my my thoughts on that real quick uh, after we get to the uh, ending. Um the mm. Katai Knights is actually really is actually kind of just it's it's basically just Hurricane Blue and her fuck buddies fucking around in, at headquarters. That's <laughs> literally it. My favorite thing though, and you're gonna kind of find this surprising, are the uh, the the mutters. Literally, it's just called mutters, and it's just seven and sometimes zero one, just kind of like sitting around in phone form, just kind of just kind of talking. I did watch that one. I watched one of those, they're, and that those were fucking hilarious. They were. It's so weird because they're like they're like oddly comfy, and I'm like, I like this. They're just kind of there. They're just like, hey, yo. It's, it's like a podcast. It's almost like a podcast. It's almost like one you've never probably never heard of. I know, right? What? Like some sort of uh, some sort of tokusatsu podcast. No, that's ridiculous. Dude. Who would watch that? Yeah, no, nah, nobody would ever watch that. <laughs> Anyways, so ending arc, Jay. Okay, so we haven't <laughs> talked about the de facto big bad other than in passing. Um, Raya? Magira, I wrote down his full name somewhere. Um, bu- 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 I actually did not write down his name. I could have sworn I wrote it down because he's kind of got a weird name. Uh, I think it's, I want to say Kuroda Magira. Magira. Um. Who is Common Rider Raya, also Ultraman Agul. Uh, uh, hot um, off the boats of getting his ass rammed from Guy. <laughs> Literally. 
so <laughs> oh i'm never gonna so, let you get i'm never gonna let that go no uh so magura is he is a ex-agent of anchor who went rogue because uh reasons uh because hamburger (laughs) um who is kind of sort of zero one's partner throughout the show where he's kind of uh his human you know he he's his hands and legs figuratively speaking for the stuff zero one can't do as a cell phone so magura's whole thing is he's very much about testing humanity he's kind of a the, the realities of humanity. He's trying to wants to expose the secret inner inner side of humanity. And so a lot of that is involving fucking with Kata and testing Kata and testing seven and putting them into like life or death situations to, to, I don't want to say like the Joker, but like he, he's putting them in these situations to like make them think about themselves or die in the process. He's got like a weird chess master thing. Where like everything he does, he, is you know every you know all according to plan bullshit where no matter what he wins and so his whole arc leads into so the first arc mostly focuses on zero one and a little bit him and zero one turns good like we said and after point the show doesn't really have much of a driving focus where zero one mentions that there is a a traitor within the organization that the show kind of just immediately forgets about until the finale. Where one of the founders of the organization is working with Magura and the government to essentially enact net neutrality where they want they want to make people have to get IDs and a license and they have to be registered like with their real Holy identities fuck. to use the internet. Oh my god. And so part of the part of that involves Magura making his own bootleg bravers, which we he calls Gene, which we've mentioned a little bit beforehand. Which involves him again, as we mentioned, literally killing Zero One to steal his bits to reverse engineer it to make it become self aware, yada yada yada. We'll get we'll get more, skip it ahead. So their whole scheme was again to basically take away an anonymity and put the government in full control of the internet because it's too dangerous to allow to be to let anybody use unsupervised uh and part of that involved the the genes which were basically siri 1.0 where it's a cell phone that learns that who you are and adapts itself to learn you know based on who you are and develops a personality and it's like a bootleg phone braver. And eventually his whole scheme is that they they start being able to walk and move the same as all the other bravers. And they start developing their own personalities. And of course their whole scheme is that it's gonna be like it's gonna be like a big bait and switch where oh, we're they're gonna go rogue and that's where we're gonna step in and be like, oh, it's all the internet's fault, and that's where we're gonna take over. And so there's a lot of that like they're trying to like frame the internet as being inherently bad. And like, it's, we kind of mentioned this, like this show is very, very much more relevant now than it was when it came out. Cause like the whole talks of like anonymity being bad and like the internet being unsupervised being bad. (sighs) Excuse me. Gross. And like, 
wanting to take away control of the internet from the people to the government and more restrictions. It's like, bro, this has been happening for the last like six years straight. Like this is just, this is just what's happening nowadays. It's wild. And, like, It's, oh yeah. It, it legitimately caught me off guard when they brought this up. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Dude, like same here. Like, I mean, I, 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 I you saw my reaction to it. Like mm. I was like, wait, that's just what they're doing now, but for real, like it, it actually like kind of floored me for a second. It's like, so basically they want like all of these fuck, like, I don't know what the newest one is, Baker, whatever the fuck it's called nowadays, like net neutrality, Kappa, Sapa, whatever the fuck it is, Theta, Zeta, mm. Gata, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Zama. Zama, Big Zam. Um, <laughs> big Zama. Big, imagine if Big Zam tried to stop you from using the internet. What would you do? Nothing. Uh, I, well, I couldn't stop it because he's big. Zan. <laughs> exactly. Um, but like, it's weird because it, it it's using the same talking points as people like who are trying to actually push these things. You know, internet's bad. Look how much crime happens on the internet. Look at how much people get hurt on the internet. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's and the weirdest part, Jay. The weirdest part is that like, it kind of. It kind of gets swept under the rug a little bit. It kind of. For the most part, it does because it never really gets any kind of like resolution or like there's never really like a moral given to it. Like Kirahara ends up turning on uh, Anchor and joining with them because, of course, you know, his family was killed by the Internet. And so he kind of he kind of hates that freedom of the Internet. And then he kind of joins with them because he doesn't. And that kind of sets up uh, an arc there, too, with the finale. But the thing is, that, like, yeah, it's just they kind of just fucking forget about it because Magura's secret plan the entire time was basically fucking destroy the Earth and wipe out humanity. Because this whole thing is that, like, he knew humanity once Gene sort of became self-aware and started learning and started, like, really, like, growing from humanity was, like, was immediately going to go completely insane and go power mad and want to take over the world and become dictator and knew that it was going to start fucking killing people en masse the second humanity turned against it. Uh, you know, as has happened in insert fucking any sci-fi story from the last 50 years here. And of course this whole thing, you know, he was basically lying to everybody and like, but like the anchor dudes who were joining with him, they basically get, no comeuppance. They, you know, they barely have to answer for their crimes. The government guys just fuck off. Like, they're just like, yeah, uh, it's going to be problematic. We have to deal with this. So you guys are on your own. Bye. Uh, like if fucking the entire like moral arc and the moral argument is just completely thrown out the window because Magura is just using it to fucking enact. Doom it, it doesn't, it doesn't help either because like no characters besides Kitahara no characters really take a stand one way or the other because they're ba- they barely even know what's happening. So like K- no. Kate is not fighting for anonymity because he for fuck that well, he doesn't even fucking care. He just wants seven. None of under anchor really care. None of anchor in general really care. Under anchor only really cares in so far of like because of Gene. This the scheme means that they're going to. Oh, what the fuck's this? Oh shit! Nice. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do that later. Uh, like, 
under anchor only really unnecessarily cares because part of Magura's scheme was to expose them and expose what they've been doing insofar only to frame them as being cyber criminals more or less and like blaming them for shit that's happening specifically so they can enact their their net neutrality shit bullshit but like nobody really has any strict opinion on the internet beyond like Keita thinking the internet's cool and Kirahara thinking it's evil and nobody else really has any kind of input at all so it's it's a really fucking weird moral when you think about it and like honestly to agree I'm kind of glad that they didn't focus on it too much because like again like we said it's way more relevant nowadays and had they made that stance like in 2009 it would have been really awkward if they kind of like made a a stance on this argument back then before any of this shit really mattered at yeah because like in 2008 we were barely even whiffing i think it was people i think it was or soft that wasn't until like 2013 what was the first that wasn't one? until late way it was later like a, there was one before that though wasn't there uh, there was like Sopa or Pipa, but all of those weren't until after the 2010s. Okay, because like, like for for reference in terms of like internet anonymity, I'm pretty sure Project Chinology hadn't even happened yet when this was going through. So or like it had just happened in terms of this is how new to the internet reaching the normal sphere happened. Like Twitter had existed for maybe a year when this episode when this plot was written, like. It was that early to the argument. I, I think that is something that is to be said about this show is that I think if it was, if this was, if this show was made even like three years later, it would have a bigger impact on like the argument. It would have actually had a, st- it, would. it would have actually taken a stance because as it is now, it's kind of just used as a, and it's kind of weird to say it. It's kind of used as a, Oh, this is just a villain plot. This will never happen. This, this is an exaggerated <laughs> villain plot. This will never happen. Yeah, this is such an exaggerated villain plot as a, a part of the government plotting to murder the president of the United States because, you know, the president of the United States is against them. And they can reiterate this gigantic elaborate conspiracy to cover up his murder. It'd be so weird if something like that happened in uh, Texas in December of 1969. You know, it'd be weird. It'd be weird like that, you know. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> it it is it is strange because like when you really think about it, it's like again it, three years later and it would have been so much more relevant. I even like right now we're talking about it, and it's so weird how much. Th- th- again, it seems like something at the time would have been an exaggeration, but now it's like we we hear about this shit every fucking week. There's literally exactly. there's literally a bill going through Congress right now to do the exact same fucking thing, and it's like maybe people should just watch K-Tai. You know, maybe people need to watch this to learn their fucking lesson. Because if you don't, Gene fucking happens. Exactly. <laughs> and But yeah, like, like I knew obviously his plan wasn't really that because it never really fit in with his motives. But like, it is super weird how like this entire moral argument and plot line just immediately gets dumpstered for evil AI wants to t- fucking wipe out humanity and take over the world. It's It's so weird. And like, again... To a degree, I appreciate that they didn't because, again, like we're saying, this happened so early on where where this argument was more seen as like a theoretical rather than a literal or a reality that you could have this kind of argument. But at the same time, like 
the fact that it is so early means that it doesn't really have any kind of nuanced take or really takes any sides beyond like obviously the government having control over what you can say is bad but beyond that it doesn't really affect anything at all and it never really like focuses on anything or makes an argument out of it it's just government conspiracy i mean when plot. you think about it right like the the main thing that a villain plan should do is affect the main hero and keita doesn't give a fuck he doesn't even know he barely knows he, he the only reason he cares is because seven is in trouble so like exactly even when you think of it that way it's kind of like it's kind of like one of those things that kind of gives it away that this is not the final plan because keita he barely even plays into that idea at all so it, it is kind of weird but again I do agree that I do like that it doesn't in a sense that because it was too early, but I do kind of think maybe it, this is like kind of calling for like maybe a remake like or just like a, a another season of it to like really hit that home. But again, who knows? Mm. I don't know. But let's we'll talk see. about Gene. Uh, I thought Gene was actually pretty creepy, even though it was uh, horribly generic and super fast to the point where it reached. But. You know, like three episodes before the finale, I'm you know I'm not too surprised. Maybe we should have given up that ugly stalker episode for Toko. Just fucking saying. Maybe we should have skipped one of the random filler episodes. You know, as much as I love the lunch episode, maybe we could have done without the lunch episode. No, we can get we rid of the. More... We can get rid of the one with the. Maybe we can get rid of the one with. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can. Uh, maybe we can. We can cut the third episode that had. Um, had Wakana from Double in it, where she does nothing at all. I completely forgot uh, that was her. That's fair. She does. She she. Uh, despite being like right before Double, she barely looks anything like she does in that. I maybe we should have like I don't know. To be fair though, that's kind of the thing that happened with like where you go from Ryuki and you have the uh, the nerdy chick from the Ore Journal, and then you go to Fives where she's smart brain lady, and she looks completely fucking different. That's makeup, baby. Maybe we could have given Hollywood. Maybe we could have given up. Uh... The cancer patient episode. I don't think that was really needed. <laughs> the can- was it? She had like cancer. Remember. Oh yeah, the the, the with, fucking um with the, the internet like- concert episode where they have the theme song play in its entirety because the theme song actually exists in the show. Yeah, I, as an I, actual I, song that makes me that made me laugh so hard because that implies that under anchor or anchor in general commissioned a pop star to make a theme for themselves for no I, one else but themselves i mean uh, weirder things have happened it's just to pop the boys it's like literally no one's gonna hear this song but us well now i guess now everyone hears the song because they can't use it in their advertisements and they have it playing in their fucking stores for some reason i <laughs> that's so weird that's it i was. don't get that i don't i there was a couple of fourth wall breaks that just kind of caught me like, what the fuck is happening? But um, anyways, back to Gene, as we were saying. Uh, yeah, like you said, it did, it did kind of hit that point a little too fast. However, however, the the part that actually kind of got me like kind of like was the uh, let's show people a video to kill them on mass. And it actually worked. And I was like, oh, what? Oh, wow. OK, yeah, G- it actually is happening. So Gene develops, um, so Magure kills Zero One and he steals his, uh, his special brain chips that lets the Bravers become self-aware. 
And of course, immediately the uh, the genes activate, and they they have this thing that they introduced throughout the show of uh, called parallel something linking, where the two bravers can kind of merge their consciousness to boost their processing power, and it sort of like exponentially keeps increasing over and over and over again the second they link to like infinite levels, and of course that's a bad thing that happens because they fucking go supernova and like blow shit up and they completely just are completely destroyed after they do it so immediately the show sets like this is a bad thing never do it so of course they two two of them immediately do it uh the second they get self-awareness they immediately do it and uh all of the genes link as one and become a hyper power con uh brain construct and immediately decides that it's going to take over the fucking world as you do and because our heroes try to stop it and leads to third's death who dies so th there's an earlier episode too where uh we kind of briefly touched about it with toko her braver got a virus that they couldn't fix and so it's basically been in lockup this entire time it's been a special shielded lockup turned off so it couldn't spread this virus and it wasn't getting fucking hurt by the virus so they pull i think it was what was hers it was like fourth yeah it was fourth yeah so they pull fourth out of storage and third links up with thir uh, fourth to take the virus and link into Gene to give Gene the virus. Uh, both of them die and it doesn't work. And Gene immediately decides, okay, I'm just going to kill all humans now. So Gene throws on the fucking ring tape on every <laughs> single possible screen that it can interface, which is just everything. It, if it has a screen, it can fucking log into it. Your cell phone, it can. Your TV, it can. All the random TVs out on the street, because it's Japan and there are fucking giant neon billboards and LCD screens fucking everywhere. Yep, it can log into that and it's going to play you the fucking ring tape. And it legitimately starts killing people. And you just get these scenes where like everybody's standing there and like standing in a crowd watching the screen and you just start seeing people drop to the ground. Like immediately hit the ground dead barely any reaction for people as they're going and it's like at one point it gets a little ridiculous it's like just stop fucking looking at the screen guy just close your fucking eyes there's nothing forcing you to look at it. but they're pretty like, colors exactly like, like kate like there's this whole bit like where kate is running away from him and he has to, like he has to run away and climb into a fucking storm drain to get away from the broadcast but like bro just fucking crawl into a bush cover your ears and close your eyes you'll be fine like okay like okay to be fair kate like seven because he's kind of linked into the global consciousness of the bravers he's starting to get affected by gene too so like i understand with kata why he needs to go super out of his way but like people keep fucking looking at the screen that keeps killing people they were just told is going to kill people if they look at it so i mean like like half this genocide is on them I, I will say, though, the thing that did catch me a little bit off guard was the because I was like thinking like, oh, they're they're just uh, knocked out or Gene is hacking their brain to pass them out. No, they're just like, no, they're fucking dead. They're yeah, just no, straight up fucking he, dead. He's he's fucking shutting off their nervous system. They're that dead. is they're that was the part back. that kind of scared me where it's just like, oh, yeah, he's literally playing a video and sound that just shuts your brain off. It just stops mm. it. I'm like, oh, that's fucking scary. Oh, it's and, and like, for all we know, this is happening everywhere in the entire world. Like, we don't we don't know if this isn't fucking um, 
we don't know if this is happening outside of Japan. I would assume so. I would assume it's happening only in Japan, but we don't fucking know. As far as we know, this is just happening in the entire world, and nobody knows what the fuck is going on. I mean, like, it's so, it, it is so legitimately, like, it's such a shift to fucking grimdark that, like, the show hadn't hit that, like, at this point, like, nobody really had died in this show. Like, uh, yeah, people had gotten hurt, and people had gotten injured and, like, uh, like hospitalized, other than, like, Takamoto, who died because of plot, like, Nobody really died up to this point. So then we get civilians dropping en masse because the big bad is enacting genocide. Is It's such a jarring switch, and it's so fucking shocking. And you would think that, like, the show can't top it from there, like, mass murder in the streets. But I kind of don't even want to talk about it. I can't believe it. They killed the fucking phone, man. They killed the fucking cell phone, bro. What the fuck, man? So, yeah. All those minutes so, well, I paid for. I know, right? I'm not gonna like this is my fucking contract doesn't cover for world-ending calamities, dude. <laughs> so, I I had a limited talk and text on the weekends. <laughs> and it's not the weekend. It's a Thursday right now. All of the all, all of the like Zoomers are not going to understand what we're talking about. I know, right? Like, there's nobody here like under the age of like sixteen. Like, if you're under the age of sixteen, you probably actually no. I'd say maybe like even under the age of like eight. If you're under like eighteen or nineteen, you probably have no fucking clue what we're talking about. No. <laughs> they y'all 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 back in my day we had to pay to text people. Oh my god. Back in my day, we couldn't talk and text at the same time. We didn't have the Facebooks, we had AIM. And Our it- phones didn't have cameras in them. They couldn't <laughs> even show pictures in them. Uh. We had to do we had to use the funny words to make our pictures. <laughs> I had to press the uh, the three key four times to get a T. Oh, fuck me. Don't remind me of that. <laughs> oh, I uh, hated that shit. Oh, uh, god damn it. Anyways, as we were saying. Anyways, uh, so so back to this horrible, tragic, uh, bittersweet ending. It reminds me of that tragedy. <laughs> yes. So after just deciding to try and fucking drown Kata to death, because you know what? Why not? Uh, Jean is able to hook itself into Seven's body, but Seven pulls one, pulls a fucking fast one and fully merges with Jean into his own body. And he forces Kata to have to kill him in order to stop Jean and save the world. And it's, it is played a hundred percent straight. The fact that this talking cell phone is like, you need to kill me or the human race will die. And you've got Magra there standing in the background laughing like a fucking lunatic and you've got Kata legitimately having a full-on fucking breakdown as seven literally starts to fucking melt in his arms and he starts to like uh, it's like the ending of fucking terminator 2 where it's like i cannot self-terminate Kata. you need to destroy me to save the world and save all of time like and it fun, honestly, Seven even does the fucking thumbs I was going to mention it, too. He I even does fucking, it. I, it just, what a cheeky bitch he does that. It's... <laughs> I fucking love it. Yeah. <sighs> and 
and honestly, this sound this is gonna sound really stupid. And to be honest, if it weren't it 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 earns it, but it is still a little corny. A single tear drops from Kata's eye and lands onto Seven, and that's enough to short him out and cause him to melt and die. <laughs> and and the world is saved. And I guess Magura gets arrested because he stands there fucking reeing at the top of his lungs <laughs> because, oh, even though this, my entire scheme went up to this, you guys weren't supposed to win. Like seven wasn't supposed to become a human and sacrifice himself. And I fucking love the way this is shot. Cause Kata fucking grabs him by the collar and is about to fucking pummel his face in. But he is so legitimately distraught and broken up that he like he literally, literally physically cannot even injure Magura. It's it's so gut wrenching, to be entirely honest. It really is. It, mm, it really fucking is. It it hurts. It hurts because like you you can phys- and you know, props to the fucking I mean, that's why he's a he's he's a big guy now, right? Props mm. to the actor. You can physically, like, you can f- see it in his face. He's just like, man, I fucking wish I could. I fucking wish I could, but I just do not have the fucking strength. And I'm just like, God damn. Like, like, like Kata can't even force himself to say anything about it. Like, he is just so distraught that he is just, he's barely holding up. It's, it is so good. It is so, so fucking good. It, it's honestly, it's, it's one of, again, it's one of the, uh, it's one of the only tokusatsu deaths I can honestly say besides third, where I was just like, I'm not crying. Shut the fuck up. You're crying. I'm not, I'm not crying. It's, it's Timmy Nihon's shitty subs. <laughs> hey, you know what? They weren't as bad as usual. <laughs> They were at least readable. They they were not. They did not seem like they were made by a half blind deaf Malaysian man. Not this time. No. Not this time. Um, no. But like I said, it, it's it is legitimately one of those deaths in Tokusatsu where I'm just like, fuck. That actually, that just sucks, man. Fuck. Mm. I feel I'm I'm like sad. I'm like actually sad that he's dead. Seven's fucking dead now. He turned into a crystal ball. Yeah, his like his the seven key, to, like gets fused into Kata's tear and becomes like a weird crystal. He becomes a lassie. <sighs> Fuck off. <laughs> the, the show kind of like oh. doesn't really have an ending beyond that point. Like, Under Anchor is like in super big trouble with the fucking cops. Even though, by all accounts, they none of really what happened should have happened because, like, they straight up say that like s- several people higher up know what the hell is going on, and I'm sure it, like somebody at some point should have been like, "Yeah, okay, this is the reality of it," but like, whatever, that's splitting hairs. Like, Under Anchor is basically dissolved. All of the Bravers are dead, and they're never gonna make any more. And like. Everybody that Kata cares about is basically either dead or moving on, and like, like the show just kind of ends from there. Honestly, it the, yeah, K- Kata doesn't really. Nobody really has an ending. There's no really like re, there. There kind of isn't any kind of closure. Like, 
Margaret, I guess, gets arrested. The government guys, I guess, get away with it. Uh, the the anchor president, I guess, gets fired or gets away with what he did. Like, under anchor, I guess, still exists. Or I guess they're getting shut down or whatever the fuck. Like, I don't know. And, like, I guess it doesn't really need an ending, but, like, like there a little bit of closure after after seven dying would have been nice like a little bit of like uh even like the slightest bit of reassurance was like uh things will eventually get better you know you you won't necessarily move on from your grief but you'll learn to live with it and you know there's there's a little glimmer of hope that things might come back to normal but like no no it's just kind of like kata has a breakdown in the office and then, Tough shit, kid. Haha. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, uh, you might have a job tomorrow. We'll see. And then he he mourns with the other braver crew, and then and then the show just kind of ends. And then he has a weird hallucination of seven after he throws the crystal into the air. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tough shit, motherfucker. Haha. <laughs> That's life, bitch. <laughs> you live, you die. Buy our toys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, this is where the cut, one of the cut scenes that come out, one of the, uh, I don't know why they call them cut scenes. You could just say like, you know, outtakes, I mm. guess, whatever. Um, there is sort of a, I don't want to say better, but more of a, like, at least he isn't fucking depressed and suicidal <laughs> kind of ending where he comes home after all of it has happened and it, and his entire family is kind of there just like, Hey, we heard what happened. Um, we heard your bud died, your little buddy, but you know what? You, uh, you did good. You did good. And like, they're, they're trying to like be nice to him. Like they're trying to comfort him. Cause they know that his best friend like basically just fucking died in his arms. And like, it shows him like leaving for school the next day, like right before the uh, the ending with uh, Mito, which mm. I don't get what was going on with her. Um, she existed. Well, she did. Uh, like right before that, they kind of like all see him off again. It's like a, like a nice little family moment, but it's it's not again. It still doesn't have any real closure. Uh, the whole sh- the show doesn't have closure at all, to be honest. No, and I guess to be fair, that's kind of like the moral of the show is that like it's very much a coming of age kind of thing, but. No story really ever truly ends. No, there's no real ever kind of like nice tight bow to everything. Like that's reality. You know, real life. There is no storybook ending, good or bad ending. It just, that's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. And that's all I can say before we get copyright struck, even though we're not on YouTube and I'm just singing it badly. I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I don't think Spotify has really good copyright though. So that's fine. Probably not. I don't, I don't, I, um, I, ain't, I ain't gonna fuck with Sinatra. No, thanks. I know he's dead, but I ain't gonna fuck with him. His ghost just comes and just whacks you. It, what? He could. He could. Honestly, yeah. you know, he'd be like, hey, Jay, Baba Boopy, and he just looks like Tony Soprano for some reason. <laughs> uh, the wrong you. ghost got called. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's right. He is dead, too, isn't he? He is, yes. I completely forgot he died. Uh He's just one of those guys that I just think is old, but no, he's dead. Damn. Stop dying, dumbass. Um <laughs> Uh, I guess that's pretty much it. So Jay. Yes. Final thoughts on uh K seven. 
so final thoughts. Um, you hated it. <laughs> yeah, the show sucked. Uh, there were there were no Tokusatsu actors in the show at all. I think KTI Seven sucks. Actually, you know what? I didn't. I didn't even point like. I pointed it a little bit. There are so many just random Tokusatsu actors in the show beyond just like the main cast. Like, I don't have a very comprehensive list. This is just like the ones I remember immediately, or immediately Bono. recognized. So, uh, the first villain of the week is uh, Bondo from Gaim. Uh, also, Goro from Ryuki. So, four, four Ryuki actors in this. I'm kind of mad nobody else showed up that I noticed. Uh, of course, like I mentioned, uh, Wakana from Double is in the show as another friend of Kata's who just kind of shows up and then disappears for like 15 episodes at a time. She's like a weird hacker chick. She's okay. She's really that was her? Yes. Shut up. No way. The, the hacker nerd girl with the glasses. That's, oh that's my god! Yes, yo, I oh I okay, yeah, that that one I will admit that I did not I did not see that. I wow, okay, and like all right, I'll be fair, like a few of these were like they hadn't been like it's weird like this show has so many Tokusatsu actors in it, even though like half of them weren't in Tokusatsu shows yet when the show aired, so like we also have uh like the president of Anchor was. The Big Bad in Movie War Megamax. Uh, and one of his minions showed up earlier in the show, too. Uh, another villain of the week was Kaito's dad from Zenkaiger, who, again, complete segue, I had no idea was the fake Kabuto from Decade up until now. I, I completely found that out by accident. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Mr. Osugi from Forze shows up at one point. Yep. Um, again, speaking of weird movie war stuff, the big bad from uh, the double decade movie war shows up. Uh, again, coincidentally, he's also he's also Batman and Shin Kamen Rider. Uh, weird casting choice there. Relevant. Yes, and uh, those are the ones that I remembered that I noted down. Uh, there were definitely more that I spotted, but like a lot of them were like. Oh, this guy shows up a lot in like the background. Like, um, there's the one episode where like they've got like the the credit card scammer guys who are like logging into people's bank accounts and stealing their money, and like he's like the leader of the group, and he he's that yeah you've seen him in a lot of shows. Like, um, he was Hojo's partner in Agito, uh, and he was the the old dude with the hat from the the piano man from that one episode of Deno. Uh, and he's been in a bunch of other that. stuff. But, like, he's never been, like, anybody that mattered. And you get a lot of those. Hey, like, he's working. Yeah, he's I, working. you get a lot of those in terms of, like, background roles where, like, it's what, somebody... Was the, was the first guy, not the first guy, was the guy with the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the adamantium rage gun, who was he? He was somebody, wasn't he? Oh, the, uh, the sound wave dude? Yeah, yeah, that was the dude I just mentioned. Uh, the dude from Double Decade and also uh, Shin Kamen Rider. Oh, uh, there was somebody else that looked. Oh, uh, the uh, the shady like G Man dude who kind of like fucked off that nobody. Oh that yeah, that's right. I forgot about him. And um, one of the government dudes who is working with uh Magura and the anchor chief is uh he was Rider One from Kamen Rider the First. Oh my God, Knacker, kill him! Yeah. 
there were shoot them. Those are like those are all the ones that I can think of of like have had major roles that you like. There were definitely a few that I I know I missed or like they had a role but it was like a bit role as like a victim of the week where they don't matter. So like I I didn't really write them down or note them but like there were a lot. There were a lot like I know uh I know Kuze from Yakuza Zero wasn't here. That's true he was. And, he was uh, just out of nowhere. I was just like what the fuck. And um. I think, like, Rinko's boss, the police chief from Wizard, shows up in one episode, too. Yeah, he was the uh, he was the PR dude at the amusement park in that episode. Like, yeah, you get a lot of that, like, bit characters who you've seen in other things, but, like, aren't really anybody of, like, worth bringing up. Not, no offense to them, of course, but, like, you've seen their actor plenty of times before, but they're not any, like, major character. We'll, we'll say specifically for Tokusatsu. Yeah. There obviously. you go. Say, say, save you the comments. Oh, this guy is absolutely somebody who matters because he did like, he did this one fucking random episode of some show of no real significance, but he did this and you didn't bring that up. So that means you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously we don't know. Exactly. Cause he won the, uh, he won the uh, the fart shitter award in two thousand two. <laughs> yeah, he he won the the fart shitter award in two thousand two for um, uh, Ichi the dick, killer. Dick, I was gonna say like dick butt fart killer seven thousand or something. Watch this. No, you gotta give it like a you gotta give it like a like a like a really artsy name like uh, the financial molestation of uh, Benjamin Button or some shit. <laughs> Uh, but no. Um, um, well, my final thoughts, because you said it. No, I, I didn't even um, say my final thoughts, but you go right ahead. Oh, no, no. Go for it. Go okay. For it, uh, I guess to sum it all up, this show is everything that I was hoping it would end up being and more, way more. This, I, I'm going to call it now. This is going to be the best show we watch all year. I'm specifically seeing show because I know Shin Kamen Rider is coming out this year, and that's gonna obviously be way fucking better. But that's not a that's not a show. That's a movie. So I'm gonna stick with my words. This is gonna be the best we thing we Kuga watch all year. We got on the fucking wheel. What? Then we got Kuga on the wheel out of nowhere. Fuck, like fuck off. No, you know what? No, this show's better <laughs> better than Kuga. Fuck you. This show's fucking great. It's fine to be wrong. You're yeah. It's, it's fine, fine to be. be it's wrong, fine Jay. to be you, AJ. It's fine to be wrong, Jay. I know that you need to keep it's, it's telling. It's fine your... to be wrong, Jay. Yes, keep telling yourself. It's fine that, to AJ. be wrong, Jay. <laughs> it's fine to be wrong, Jay. You're, it's okay. I know you're wrong, AJ. Don't make me bring. Don't make me bring it up again. Bring up what? No, no. It's okay. What? <laughs> That's okay. What? It's okay. What? <laughs> it's okay. It's not your fault. I, I'm keeping tally. Don't worry. Uh, was it? Was that all of them or? I don't know. I didn't really, uh, I, I figured we were going to keep that bit going, but I couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how, it's like, is, that, is that your final thoughts? No. Uh, like... You're still wrong. <laughs> no, uh, absolutely everything that I was hoping the show would end up being, it ended up exceeding my expectations. Every single tiny fucking frame and minute of this show was an absolute fucking riot. And I am... I am so glad that I finally got to watch this show, and I, I think it's going to be a very long time before I see something that is about on par or better in terms of my, in terms of personal enjoyment. 
I'm just like, that's like setting, I, you know what? You know how we usually jinx ourselves for something bad? That's setting us up for like something really fucking good, I hope. I mean, like, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fucking like mountain climb, but I'm expecting something really good. Unless it's like something that, like I've literally unless again unless we pull a fucking Vanny Knights out of our ass again. Oh my god! Which, please God. I mean, Angel Rosetta is there, so yeah. You know, I have no like, idea what that is. I don't have any idea what the hell that is either. But like, I mean, to be fair, unless we get like, I don't want to jinx. I don't want to jinx myself by setting expectations. Unless we get something like fucking Zayram next week. I don't think we're going to get anything nearly as good as this show was for a very long time on the wheel. Isn't Zerim a movie? It is a movie. It is on the wheel. You know that. Yes. But that's, that's what I'm saying is like picking something randomly off the, that I could think of. That's probably on the wheel. Like unless we get like that next week, I don't think we're going to have as nearly as good of a show or nearly as enjoyable as a show in quite some time. I know I'm I know, I'm setting us up for for failure. I know I and you know what? After this, I feel like I feel I, like we've earned a little bit of goodwill. I think I think I feel confident with my words. I I feel confident when I say that. I feel like I want you to be wrong because I want to see just how much better this year can get. You know what? I agree with you. I I hope in turn. I hope I hope everything this year is about as equal in terms of quality, even though I know that's not possible. But I hope... Next week is Ghost! Oh, <laughs> fuck you. But no, I, I know, like, we, we've we set ourselves up for it now, and it, we know what's going to happen next. We've, we've fucking done this bit how many times now? I don't even know. But... Next week is fucking Zebra Man or some shit. Well, that's also Takashi Miike. Oh, is it? Yes! Oh, I hope so then. See, yeah, the so that means we're not going to get it. <laughs> but no, but no. Um, oh, sorry, I had something stuck in my teeth. But no, I think just in general, this is probably going to be, this is one of my new favorite shows. I, I, and I feel confident saying that at least in regards to our content, it's going to be a while since we watch, until we watch something nearly as good as this. <laughs> On every every single level, I I don't what, think there's a single like objectively bad thing that I could say happens in this show. Well, besides Toko. Well, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say she's objectively I mean, she's not bad. bad. Well, I'm not gonna say she's like shit. No, but if she if she went away, I would not miss her. Not necessarily. It's one of those things. It's one of those things where it's like. It's not bad, but if she went away, I wouldn't miss her. I wouldn't. Or fucking... <laughs> I would... Uh, his, show, his episodes were shit, mate. Those were fucking bad. They were so boring. Uh, they were they were like the worst fucking episodes. How do you have the worst episode twice? Um, I know, right? Uh, Actually, three times thought. if you count the random one where like, oh, third got... Brain damage. So now, uh, Kata, you need to go talk to all your fra- fucking sidekicks again. Oh God, yeah. That one was that one um, was really fucking bad. Mm. So, my final thoughts. Uh, Jay, shit, he's dumb and gay and smelly. Uh, show's awful. I'd rather watch Ghost. Actually, no, I I don't even say, I wouldn't even say that jokingly. I would kill myself. Um, no, uh, this show's great. This show is fantastic. I love this show. I would say. There are episodes that are definitely skip-worthy. Very much skip-worthy. 
that I kind of got bored with. But I kind of said this to Jay the other night when I was starting to watch the show more and more. Um, the more I watched this show, while there are points where it started kind of going like, eh, you're starting to lose me a little bit. It would always come right back with like, well, okay, you got my attention. Like right away, it would always get my attention back with something. With some, it, it could be just a scene. It could be a. It could be an entire episode, and this show is just great. I would say it's again. I would say it's probably the best thing we've seen this year, uh, next to Don Brothers, because uh, yeah, I can't. I can't forget Don Brothers. But like, I would say it's the best thing we've seen this year so far. If we get something better this year, I mean, I would be shocked, honestly. Um. Again, that's how that's when uh, we get like fucking I don't know some crazy shit. Uh, mm. But I I legitimately like the show. I lo- I like I like most mostly everything about it. Again, there's some things here and there that are, mm, I you know what I, I I guess we'll say our our favorite word. There are some things here that are quibbles, mm. little quibbles, little quibbles, tiny little quibble, but a little bit of little quibble. But overall, there's nothing in this show that I can say is legitimately like. Bad, bad. There's boring, but bad, bad? Nah. There's nothing I can say that's bad, bad. I would say legitimately go watch it. It is really fun. Honestly, the only thing that I don't really, like, care for, again, is just the the Kikai guy. I just don't I don't really care for his episodes, but those are two episodes out of, like, what? 45? So, and, and you know what? Even even it being forty five wasn't too bad. I honestly didn't mind it being that long. No. Well, actually, no. Technically, since there was like what four double episodes, I guess it's more like fifty something. Well, there were like two or three double length episodes, but so I guess forty seven, forty eight or so, but still under fifty. Yeah, so it's not too bad if you're if you're okay with under fifty, but not over fifty. Uh, you're ageist, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's whatever. I I I like this show. I would say definitely go watch it. Um, I do want to say I actually do want to get those cell phones now. I do. I really want at the very least either zero, one, or seven. And I've I've looked. I can't find anyone, and that hasn't. Are you serious? Yeah. I will send you some links for them. The uh, the DX ones. Uh, do you know they actually have one for fourth too? It's weird. It's weird. Like, actually, for... yeah, that's the weird thing is like they explicitly say there's seven of them, but like. Only three of them are in the actual show. The three of them are already dead, and one of them is basically already dead. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird that they did that. <laughs> it's, it's quite uh, interesting that they would die. Mm. Yeah, they're just like not per- even like that they would die. It's like the fact that they were basically non-characters. There is one for where is it? There's one for third. If I could find seven somewhere, because there's there, there's quite a few. Uh. Yeah, phone braver. Uh, da, 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 da. I I know we're doing this right before we do the wheel. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> if you're okay. hearing this, it's okay. No, not you. This is this is the uh, this is the tangent part of the episode. Even though we've already had the tangent part of the episode. There's zero one, and I know that fourth has. Is that fourth? No. It's either she has one. Or she has a model kit because they do make model kits. They did make. Oh yeah, there she is. It's a model kit of Neat. fourth. So if you want a model kit of fourth, oh, it's one of those like tiny ones. It's like kind of babyish. Oh, uh, one of the mini um, fuzz. Yeah, okay. 
I mean, if you if I mean, if you like Forth, I mean, it's there. Oh yeah, I really like this non-character. Uh, I really, I really Mubuku. loved that one episode of Fourth where she was in a fucking desk drawer and did nothing. <laughs> but she went uwu mabubu at the end. I guess that's true. And died. Everyone loves it when she goes. Ooh, she just fucking dies. Um, yeah, that's so that's, that's her signature thing is going uwu mabubu and then dying. <laughs> she does it in every episode, dude. Uh, every episode, she she's like Candy from South Park. Ah, uh, damn it! I was just about to say it. <laughs> oh my god, they killed so. Fourth. You bastard. <laughs> you bastard. You gotta do that in the robot voice now. Uh, all right. So, wheel time, Jay. Yes. I haven't done this in a while. No. But wheel time. We haven't. I hope it's something good. I hope that AJ gets hit by a flying ice cream truck. <laughs> we don't have ice cream trucks down here. They all melt. What a shame. You guys don't know. You guys, you guys don't get to know the fun joy of a... Uh, Getting one of those fucked up Powerpuff Girl popsicles. We have we have them in stores. It's not it's not the same. It is yeah, not it is. the same if you're it's not getting it from some cream. dude on a truck. It's an ice cream. It's doesn't change it, look, getting it from a look, fucking truck. Get going into the fucking store and buying it. It don't hit. It hit different. As don't as make the me, don't make say, me make you. It hit different. <laughs> don't make me make you watch that fucking. Uh, what is it? Little Girl Idol show with fucking laser from Exide. Uh, oh, no, it's not, it's not laser. It's Snipe. Snipe. Yeah. Why is he in that? He needed a paycheck, I guess. Wasn't he also in trouble for beating somebody? I don't think so. Don't yeah, think he, not... he, was in, he was in trouble for like hitting a chick at a nightclub or something, wasn't he? Not that comes to mind. I swear I remember. Because it was... Because I know Realm, obviously, he uh, he didn't know no things. I, I, um, I'm sure I'm sure he might have, but I, I don't think it really, like, stuck in my mind. I'm not going to say he didn't, be... but I'm not going to also say that, like, he definitely didn't because I don't remember you and either, I don't really uh, care enough. You will neither confirm nor deny that he smacked a hooker? I mean, no, because he's not Duke, so... Did Duke smack a hooker? I'm pretty, oh yeah, Duke. Yeah, yeah. No, no, he, Duke, he, uh... he smacked a he's he punched a bitch and then uh he did some other no no stuff too. That's fair. Oh no, Lupat. No, we're not. Fuck we're not. off. <laughs> Could you fucking imagine, dude? I was at a Toku panel over the weekend at Anime Boston. Some dude said fuck. I don't oh, remember. Go for if it. He, go for it. I don't think he said like. To start with Lupat, but he was talking about how fucking good that show was. I'm like, bruh, did we watch the same fucking show? Bro. Oh my god, like that. You you guys in the Discord server saw me fucking ranting about it. And uh, I know at least one other person was there at that panel. I don't know if anybody else was there. But uh, yeah, fucking dog shit panel. Uh, <laughs> The dude fucking opened up the panel about explaining what tokusatsu was by talking about fucking internet memes and then merch. And then no, the- he did it. What? I swear to God, he started talking Holy about fucking fuck. toku Twitter memes by shit playing the fucking today is Friday in California bit, and then talking about fucking Dan Kuroto without oh explaining anything about what it is or explaining what tokusatsu was in general. And he starts talking about the fucking toys and explaining all the toy differences. It takes him halfway through the fucking panel to even start beginning to remotely describe what the hell tokusatsu is or what shows are. And like, 
honestly not to put not to put him on the spot mostly because i don't remember his name and i feel but i feel bad if you're listening i was talking with somebody else from a different podcast uh and to I'll be honest no he was a cool guy we were talking at a different panel and uh i really enjoyed him and we had a we had a little conversation about the uh the power rangers anniversary which is actually coming up soon um yeah we're I, doing I, that I kind of have my uh, my opinions on that reversed a tiny little bit after we uh, we had a little conversation about that. I'm feeling a little bit more uh, invested in checking that out. But uh, you are just a tiny little bit after the con- you uh, are. I, uh, let me fucking explain, Dick. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that shit again. You already did that once. You had your quota. No, like we we were talking about like I was kind of talking about some of my gripes I had with it, and then uh, the way he kind of explained his own thoughts, and I was like. Yeah, I didn't really think about that that way. So I think that was really interesting. So I'm I'm willing to give it more of a shot now. But uh, I I could tell that he also was like fucking miserable watching that panel. He's like, this guy had no. He he at one point goes up and asks him about the uh, the Chayo lawsuit with Ultraman, and the fucking dude doing the panel had no idea what he was talking about. He's like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what you're talking about. The dude had to explain to him what it was, and he's like, yeah, I don't understand. I don't have any opinion on that. I'm like... Oh, my God. I, I wanted to die. I oh, wanted so I next, so next year wanted to Boston? Die. You know what? I'm trying. I'll do it. Fuck I'm it. legitimately... I am trying to get a panel. I'm trying to get a panel set up for next year. You 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 get that panel happening. I will fucking be there, and I will, I will be... I'll be like Joe Pilato, just being like, and all of you... Who like fucking Saber? Stupid. Massachusetts. Interesting. Oh no wonder he's dead. <laughs> You're right. He is dead. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, he was an Ange- he was a uh, Greymon, I think. I don't remember. I don't watch Digimon. Metal Greymon. He was. There you go. I don't. I don't watch Digimon's. That's because you have no taste. I don't even watch pa- 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 Power. I don't watch fucking Pokemon either. They're all. They're all shit. Well, Pokemon sucks. They're all shit to me. Anyways. Everyone knows you okay watch this where it's at. <laughs> There's somebody out there who believes that. Um, uh, you <laughs> no, okay no, watch like, sisters. It's our time to shine. Shut the <laughs> <laughs> No, dude, if you, you get a fucking Toku panel going at I Am in Boston, I'll be there and I'll be like yelling at people and throwing my drinks at them. So it'll be uh, great. You're gonna get kicked out. Alright, fine, I'll throw my empty bottles at them. It's gets kind of a pass. All right. Well, look, I'll, I'll be there, and I'll be like, all y'all suck. You're all shit. I'm going to tell you about real tokusatsu. Now turn your page to page 69 where we talk about fucking Vanny Nights. I'm going to print I'm gonna print a book at work and hand it off to everybody in the audience, and I'm going to make them <laughs> fucking read the book. <laughs> Let me tell you all about fucking Vanny Nights, all right? This motherfucker got eaten, <laughs> and we still don't know what the ending is. This stupid motherfucker turned into a vampire. I don't know what that shit was about, but it was cool. Yeah, I'll watch Maji Ranger. Well, this is Maji Ranger if it was good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I, the wheel stopped a while ago. Okay. So, so you did you did your check. You made sure this has subs before you you fuck. Okay. Yeah, it's on YouTube. So that means either it's gonna be really good. It's in oh, English. so that means this is gonna be some weird fucking like Korean shit, isn't it? I think it also could be Power It's Rangers. probably going to be some weird Korean shit. It's, it's probably it not going to be Power Rangers. Rangers. If it's Beetleborgs, I'm killing myself. I'm going to... I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we just fucking talking about that! 
It's a... <laughs> it's uh, all of it is on this channel. At least I assume because it's all like what twelve. Well, episodes? I'm sure we'll so, yeah, find out when episodes. we get no. to like the last episode that's there, and there's a fucking preview for another episode. Hold on, let me see. Rosetta, Rosetta Stone. Angel. Weren't we just talking about this like twenty minutes ago? <laughs> this... We were. I was like Rosetta the Rosetta fucking. Why does this? Why dog? does this keep happening? Why do we keep like randomly because... bringing up? Sh- Oh, it is oh, only 13 God. episodes, so we can all watch it. It's 13 episodes, and they're all subbed, allegedly, uh, on this channel. Hold on, I'm double-checking. Yes, they are, but it's an... Is that Cake Boss? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, shit, it's Cake Boss! All right. Hey! We're, we're... I just saw it for like half a second. We're I was like, hey, yo! Now. All right. Just watch. This is going to be like... Some bullshit. What what is this? Is this porn? <laughs> I was I was gonna say it wouldn't be on YouTube then, but I've definitely seen porn on YouTube, so I have too. Is this is this porn? Yeah, it's right Giga. Not not Rosetta, it's just something else that I found there. Uh which by the way, we also got a um a suggestion on the wheel that literally just says, Do everything by Giga. Nice suggestion, asshole. So <laughs> what is done by Giga? Uh, That's partially uh, not porn. They did some show called like Di- Dinosaur or something <laughs> like that. It's like a fucking. <laughs> they did. They might have. They did like a fucking cure Uja rip off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They've been doing cure Uja rip offs since fucking Real Soldier. <laughs> well, uh, schizo ranting aside, um, we have finally finished K Tai Seven. Uh, Rosetta the Masked Angel is going to be so much better than it, and uh, Jay's going to eat his words. Uh, if somehow this get if if this is somehow better than Master, if this is somehow better than K Tai Seven, I will fucking like. I cry. I don't believe it's going to happen. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm sticking my gun. I'm sticking with my guns on that one. Somehow, somehow, uh, it explains the ending of Vanny Nights. You know what? Maybe it will. Maybe it actually will. Well, ladies and gentlemen, who am I fucking kidding? Gentlemen, uh, that's it. Show's over. Fuck. Whatever. Oh, by the way, hey, go listen to the opening of this. Wait a second. I know at least one woman that watches this show, allegedly, if Artsy still watches this show. All right. Actually, to be fair, I did look at our analytics the other day. Uh, we have 12% female who, like, listen to us. My God, that means there are 12% of how many people watch this that want to have sex with Phil. Actually, wait, no. No, that's being generous. Do, do you want me to... Do, do, I was, I was going to say... Um, that number does kind of go down once we get to the Phil well, episode. I mean, so. well, we all know that. We all we we <laughs> that that's that's saying the quiet part out loud there. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we have more female listeners when it's just like you and I. I can't like believe I'm fucking Fujo bait. I know, unfortunately. I I, I think that fe- I think that feels worse than being like being called a racist or whatever on Twitter is being Fujo bait. I think, you know what? I think I'll think I, mean, I think I'll take Twitter hating me over that. I mean, next week is pride or not. Next yeah. Week. Next, next week, the month, month, month of so June is next week. 
It's always oh, June, doesn't yeah. it? You think I fucking? Keep I don't up with keep this up shit? with this shit, and even I know that. I don't give a fuck about when Pride, Pride Month is. Whenever Pride I Month is bullshit. It's run by corporations <laughs> now. It's a it's a whole soulless whole, soulless husk that only exists to sell merchandise. Uh, so in June we'll be doing Come Rider O's again. Yeah, we will. We'll see. Oh no, we have to get something even gayer. The fuck is it that's gayer than O's? <sighs> There's got to be something. Can we? We can't do Hibiki because we already did Hibiki, and that's that's very that's did. pretty gay. That is pretty gay. Well, what's what could be gayer than O's though that we can think of? I mean, maybe the maybe the next. The next yeah. is pretty fucking gay. Yeah, it's pretty gay. It's pretty. There's a lot of man ass in that movie. They're they're, real. you know what? We'll do another. <laughs> cover up. I think I think flowers. Uh, and by the way, uh, gay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, show's over. Yeah, we're just we're just uh, fucking rambling like usual. Bye. All right. Well, bye.